everybody. Welcome to the show. We are here for the new 2017 Made by Google event in the house here at CNET Live. Joining me, Mr. Patrick Holland. Hello, hello. Across from me, the lovely Vanessa Han. Morning, guys. And the man running the show, Mr. Stephen Beecher. <laughs> All right, everybody. So uh, this is, we're going to get into Google's keynote. We will be actually showing the live stream so you all can check it out. Um, do we have a shot inside right now? We do. Still? All right. We just want to give you a look inside. This is the San Francisco Jazz Center, just a few blocks away from our headquarters here in San Francisco, California. So it looks like a shot of, I don't know if they're on the bleachers or there's little risers in the back, but that's kind of where everyone is gathering right now in anticipation for the event that will start at 9 a.m. Pacific time. 9 a.m. Pacific time. So we're about 20 minutes out or so. We got a little late start. We also want to let you know, if you want to get your calls in just before this show, the phone number to call is 844-811-9561. We have this new system if you want to make a friend today you can call us we're going to talk about what we expect to see here and obviously there's been a lot of rumors and things leaked but let's get to it i'm gonna we'll leave that number up so you guys and gals can all call in if you'd like to be a part of this show but let me open it up here to the floor obviously the big thing that we are expecting to see here one of the things are the new pixel 2 phones oh. and uh, but yeah see i like how you oh. shake your head there because i agree i thought the pixel 2 or sorry the original pixel last year was Actually, although I do have an iPhone as my daily driver, it was my favorite phone of the year because it did things unique and different that that phone hadn't before it had the best camera and it had the voice assistant. So that's what stood out to me that made it a special phone. And you've got to do that in today's day and age with phones. Uh, I just want to open up to you guys. Uh, what are you what are your well, what do you feel about these phones? The problem out? with the Pixel last year is you couldn't get it because of the production issues that they had. I think that was. That I was... got it. I got it. Oh, you have. Was it was it that hard to get? It honestly? was. Yeah. Are you serious? The, the XL definitely was. The XL. Well, and then um, well, See, there I, were. I was totally immune to that. Produ- problems with production <laughs> at first, and I think Google, because of those production problems, missed the boat because you know the note was exploding. Everybody wanted the Pixel, and nobody could get it. That's so funny. I honestly was. Except for you, because serious... you're special. No, no, no. It wasn't because I was special. I just pre-ordered it literally the day it came out. Yeah, I think, I mean, it definitely was an unexpected hit for Google. I mean, I think they were expecting it to be a hit, but, I mean, to not have phones, even a few months ago, they were still yeah. having trouble with the XL. And you don't know if that's, like, ramping down for yeah. what we're going to see today or not, but the phone was a, it's a great phone. It, it takes great photos. I really like the Daydream VR stuff on there. I never really got into VR before, and I found myself using that all the time. Yeah, I think that people that watch this, they'll be like, but you do the Apple Byte. I'm not saying that an, mm-hmm. an iPhone is not a great phone either. I just thought it was the most unique and special phone of the of of last year in in my mind. Now, that's so funny. I was so immune to the fact that these were hard to get. I yeah. I just figured, oh, I got the XL, <laughs> dope, and I just throw it in my bag. Yeah, sometimes I, sometimes I watch. <laughs> People are this. like, no, give it to me. <laughs> my bad. Sometimes I watch this show Googleicious. I get a lot of information oh, yeah. from there. But, uh, <laughs> if only wow. they had covered this hot topic. If only. If <laughs> only. No, but uh, you talk about that like that like, and I think that. What's cool is it's not only running like that beautiful, pure, clean version of Android. Yes, that's the best part about it. And but at the same time, there's the phone itself. Just has like this delightful like soul and quality. So it's not just specs and gloss. It's there's just something about it that you want to pick it up 
Is it the sexiest phone? Heck no. No, it's not. <laughs> in design-wise, no. Per- especially, I don't like the back gla- the half glass, half metal in the I don't back. Even, I don't even feel that. Thing. I broke the black, the back glass on the on the phone while I was testing. Is the, that why you don't like camera. it? That's why I don't like it because it broke. <laughs> I see. I like I like the the, the glass. Yeah, back I do. I thought yeah. I thought it, I thought it was just it's just a different like if you look at everything about this phone was different than what was out there yeah. at the time. We know that phones have evolved. You know, literally just from over a year, it's all about everyone is obsessed with bezel-less phones mm-hmm. now today. But, um, you know, we, we wanted to bring up the Pixel, but I also want to talk about the Pixels that we we're expecting to see here today. Uh, we've seen leaked images. Uh, Beecham, if you have a, a, a chance to go to the stories that we have, Droid Life really leaked about like 90, 80 to 90% of what we're expecting to see. We are still expecting to see some surprises here with the Pixel phones, but... um. There really is no surprise right. if you type in the term on the internet. You've probably looked yourself. Uh, they're going to be here. From what we know, the biggest thing, and we'll see how they sell this feature, is the fact that this year's camera, where all the top-line cameras now have dual lens, and I know uh, both of you have jumped into just the photography aspects of the phones, Does what will they need to do to convince you that it's still a great camera without dual lens and is dual lens right. really necessary i'll start with you vanessa well i i particularly like the dual lens setup on the iphone and the note just because i have a child and a puppy so <laughs> portraits are big for me not for a lot of people the yeah. pi- the original pixel was great at photography in general it was amazing at low light it even out uh out photographed the iphone last year so i I don't think the dual camera is a must if they're able to perfect their software, which is kind of what made their um, their photos so great last year and in low light particularly. So I think they can still beat out the Note and the iPhone if they really refine um, some of the features in the camera, uh, in their main camera. Patrick? Well, I, it's funny because we, we talk about like beating out phones and specs and stuff like that. And I think we're getting to a place in the camera industry and the phone industry that is actually camera industry really if you mm-hmm, think about mm-hmm. it that you actually can start choosing phones depending on stuff like looks like sometimes if you're doing mm-hmm. a photography you might get a Canon because it's a little bit warmer in color mm-hmm. or you like the way the lenses are and it's not saying that that brand of camera shoots better than something like Nikon but I feel like the Pixel created beautiful photos but then the videos were kind of like yeah, yeah wah, wah, <laughs> mm-hmm. sorry we forgot about that a little bit. So I'm hoping that we hear a little little bit more about what they're going to do for that. Even though if it has dual lenses, I think it's kind of fun because of zooming. Zooming, I think, is so underrated. Mm-hmm. Yes, we all love portrait mode. Portrait mode, okay. <laughs> Great backgrounds. Bring it on. But I would take one camera that shoots really good photos and really good video over a dual camera system. Yeah, I agree. Um, even though... Because you don't have babies and puppies. Well, <laughs> you don't have babies and puppies. Not that I know. The of. thing is, like portrait, <laughs> mo- portrait mode is cool. The other thing is that the general population hasn't been exposed to having the portrait feature that much yet. It's still, right. you know, in the tech world, it's like this is hot. When you've used it, it is hot. You don't use it all the time unless you have babies or or dogs. But quite honestly, if you talk about that to your general user, they're not getting a phone because of portrait mode to the general right, con- right. general user. Agreed. Really, they're like it's a hot. Don't get me wrong, I love it. Yeah. But it's not something that is going to be used for the most part every day on all your photos. So remember like like four or five years ago when f- filters started like being yeah. like, oh my God, you can put a filter on this really easily? <laughs> right. 
And that was like, then everyone used filters. I think this it's going to be like portrait mode. Everything is going to be yes. blurry background for a few years. And it's like, <laughs> oh, wait, it doesn't always have to be blurry. Actually, yeah. check out uh, Sharon Profus's Instagram feed. She, she portrait modes everything. Everybody she takes. <laughs> Shout out to Sharon. Love you. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, portrait modes pretty much not just puppies and babies, but her food, uh, books, items uh <laughs> you're right it could be the the next filter or even the it, it, it is yeah it's just that people aren't exposed to it yet right. enough and something we saw this summer at the google's developer conference was they talked about this thing called google lens which is yeah. uses like machine learning and ai and stuff so i'd like to see if they're gonna bring that to this uh this pixel that we might see announced today and how it how it works because as much as the hardware ha- matters like a single camera dual camera it's that processing we just saw apple launch uh, a slew of new phones and all of them, I would dare say, the underrated feature is all this analysis that's doing on your video and your photos to make them look better. It just shoots HDR mode full time like the Pixel did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the photos and videos look really good, especially in low light. But it's using a lot of computer processing to make it look good versus just, hey, we'll put a better lens or we'll put two cameras it's, on. It's, it's the underrated thing that isn't, isn't talked about. Like you said, the guts inside that is driving all of mm-hmm. this technology. So uh, what we have right now is we have a call directly from Lexi Savides inside Hi, Lexi. inside the SF Jazz Center. What's up, Lexi? Hey. Welcome inside Google. Okay, so we just got inside um, maybe about 20 minutes ago. We're sitting down. Say hi, little blah. Hey, Lynn. Sorry. We've got Richie and John Hollister representing through here. Um, are you able to swivel so around to give us... Are you able to swivel around to get us kind of a look of what the whole building looks like right now? Totally. So this is a view from my seat right now. We're inside the auditorium at the Jazz Center in San Francisco, and we have a little bit more seating than the Google event last year, red badge seating, which is like press and media. We've got like three curved screens. And guys, take a look at this. We've got two DJs just jamming and rocking out there up in the corner. They're just like totally doing their thing, oblivious to the fact that there's a crowd here. It's grooving on out. Uh, and you can see the venue uh, goes up a little more. A couple people in here. Just a couple people. <laughs> just, just a few people, just for a few little phones. Hey, Lexi, so, so we've, we've, talked, we've talked a lot about the Pixel, so we don't want to bother you with that question. But I did want to um, get your thoughts maybe specifically on rumors we've heard of a Google Home Mini and maybe a Max coming. But I just wanted to talk about the Google Home platform in general for you. Well, what do you want them? What do you want them, or what do they kind of need to do? We know really the battles between them and Amazon right now, but what are you hoping for them to show off here today to make a jump up? Okay, so talking Google Home versus Echo. Obviously, Amazon has a huge stake in the market. They have around seventy percent of the market, according to some of the latest stats. And so Google has a lot to do when it comes to making some products that are kind of going to make people jump into the into the Google ecosystem that haven't necessarily got a smart home device. Um, and you know, Amazon has so many different devices on the market. They've got the show, they've got the little alarm clock that they just debuted last week or so. So there's a lot of, I, I mean, I guess you maybe you could call it fragmentation in the Echo market. There's so many devices to choose from, but it's quite smart because they're making a product for pretty much everyone who might be interested in a voice assistant. Google at the moment only has the home. We know that they're, according to some leaks anyway, that there may be a couple of other devices announced today, including a Mini, which looks to be a competitor to the Dot. So that will get Google, especially into the lower price point range, because at the moment, the home is, you know, $129 around then. So 
still an investment. And so if you're like, oh, well, Amazon has, you know, a $49 or even sometimes a $29 dot, like why would I go all the way full, like, full blown and get that $129 Google Home when it offers pretty much the same functionality? So at least if they can offer something at a lower price point, maybe they'll get some more people into the Google Assistant crowd. And Google Assistant is really, you know, really useful. It's got a lot of things that it can do. Uh, you know, Alexa and the Assistant are kind of on par, but the Google Assistant has a couple more things that tie it really closely into your Google account. So that's really useful, like booking flights, things that you can do directly, uh, rather than say like the Alexa where you have to use an add-on skills constantly all the time. So is there anything that you're hoping to see the most here just for you personally, Lexi? Yeah, I, I'm really interested to see um, what they're going to do. If the rumors are true about the Pixel having no headphone jack, yeah. I really want to know like how they're going to address that. You know, is there going to be um, is there going to be something on the market like to make people aware that like yeah, you're going to have to use like you know Bluetooth headset. You know, Apple have the AirPods. I don't know if Google is going to do something similar. We're just going to have to wait and see. But I'm so like as you can see, I love my cables, guys. I love my cables, like 3.5 all the way. Are you Lex- Hey Lexi, before we go, like, are you a little disappointed they're not playing jazz at the jazz center? Is that like a controversy that we need to talk about? I know, right? <laughs> this is not even acid jazz. Like, I can't. <laughs> or jazz flute, guys. Jazz, jazz, jazz flute, flute. Jazz, jazz flute, jazz flute, yeah. <laughs> All right, Lexi, hey, thanks so much. Uh, we'll be looking forward to your coverage out there, and we appreciate it. So uh, enjoy the show as it gets ramped up pretty soon, all right? Thanks, guys. Bye. All right, we'll see ya. We should have cho- told her to check under her seat for a pixel. <laughs> oh, they, oh, they, ah. they, for any goodies, for any goodie bags. Goodie bags. Uh, so here we go, guys and gals. We're about 10 minutes out. We're going to start hitting through the phone lines because all of you have been waiting so patiently while we have been jibbery-jabbering. Um, so if you guys want to talk about the stuff that has been leaked out uh, or any questions about the event coming up, we will get to you. Let's start off with here our friend Jason. Uh, Jason wants to talk about the Pixel to the XL. Is that correct? That's right. What's up? Welcome to the show, man. Yeah, I think... What's up, man? Um, I think, you know, it's going to be the matter of who has the sexiest product. The Pixel 2 XL is going to... Even though it sounds like it's going to be a delay, just like the iPhone X or 10, is that's the <laughs> one's going to, you know, we're going to see who's going to be out first with the sexiest model. We're, you know, that's who's going to win this war for the next model, so I think. What do you think? Well, I think that depending on who you are, whether the mod, whether whether the iPhone, I love how you say X because everyone calls it X. We all know that. <laughs> yep. But whether the iPhone X or the Pixel XL comes out first, I still think it's going to be tied to ecosystem loyalty these days, right? There are there's a small group of people that are going to might choose which phone comes out first, but I still think the majority of people are locked into that ecosystem. And that's really going to determine what they want. There's still plenty of Android users that want the best pure Android experience. And we know there are plenty of users that are on iOS, and they're not going to get any other phone other than an iOS phone. That, that's, where, that's where I think, but I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, and I think also, like, going back to kind of well, what I we think- came from with Lexi, like, you know, with all their home environment and stuff like that, and how everything's starting to interconnect. And when you're buying a phone, it's not even, we're buying in an ecosystem now. Yeah. We've got to always think about that. I'd like my phone to be, phone to be shiny and bright. I would like to ask a bigger question. If the iPhone X is 10, would the Pixel XL be 40? The Pixel 40? <laughs> would that be right? Roman numerals? This is, a, yes. this is a really important question. Yeah, we important. should figure Guys. that out. Jason, you were going to say Good something question. real quick? 
Well, I think Google is making that ecosystem, and I think their ecosystem is getting stronger uh, with the home, with this, the, the homes puck, whatever they're going to call it. Uh, and with, I think one that everybody's really excited about in the Google ecosystem is that lens you guys talked about. If they can actually make a software or uh, a feature that actually is worth, because people always do Google searches, they're, even on the iPhones. And, and this Google lens, I think, is going to be really transformative because you can take a picture. We're using our phones for cameras. You take a picture of what you want to see, and actually, like, you know, it's going to be good for schools, going to be good for kids. But it's I think that's a really game-changer piece of software that's going to be coming out that Google is really going to have to show that it works. Well, and, I, and I think, Jason, you have a point there because a lot, even iOS users, still have a Gmail account, still have some kind of share in the Google ecosystem. And maybe what you were saying, some of these features, some of these products may convince them to go Google all the way. I know I kind of you know, dabble in the Google uh, ecosystem, even though I'm predominantly iOS, just because my Gmails, I have my Gmail account and I use that for everything. And I still, I mean, I, I still have a stake in the Google, in the Google ecosystem. So maybe, maybe there is a feature that would sway me to, to move over. It's going it's to be fun to see. I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see who's going to be stronger, whether iOS or Google and it's going to be the best out there, and it, it, we're finally seeing the the fruits of it. But I wish sometimes they wait maybe a generation for a new phone. I know they were in for it for the money. I mean, Google bought HTC or some of HTC stuff, but they're it, if they have a phone every year, it becomes boring. It, making a phone maybe every you know sixteen months or something like that that actually is transformative might make people see more of a better device. Yeah, Jason. Uh, thanks so much for calling, man. We really appreciate it. And we can tell you 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 read your stuff. We know he's, <laughs> he's dropping the HTC knowledge on oh, us. He's man. like he's like let yeah. me let me just drop. So hey, Jason, thank you so much. I, I think he makes a great point. It's just also hard in kind of keeping up with the Joneses. Like mm-hmm. if every main if every major manufacturer is releasing a phone every year, and their users typically whether they're on a one year or two year upgrade cycle mm-hmm. get that phone. You kind of got to play along. Yeah. It, you don't now these days. You don't have a choice, and really, it was it was kind of Apple who started this year trend. They they were the ones that first came out with the phone every year, and then Samsung started doing it, and then everyone else started doing it. Yeah. So there was a time where it was like a phone every two years. It used to be on like you were like on the S cycle yes, or the non S exactly. cycle, right? <laughs> yeah. So every two years, but then also yeah. think it's kind of starting to bite you know by us totally. a little bit because Everyone. you ha- if we, we a lot of criticism we had with apple last year with the seven and not necessarily the seven pluses they were just kind of the same phone just smallly iterated and same with the eight and eight oh, plus this yeah. year and the thing is like had they taken you know that time off i don't think it could happen in the industry but yeah what kind of more innovations are we going to see are there going to be more things like the iphone 10 or right. what samsung's doing which is pretty exciting too i think with the s8 and definitely the note 8 this yeah. year well, and I, I think something we haven't talked about, which gives Google an edge, could be that price point. Because this year we had a lot of great phones from Samsung uh, and Apple with an iPhone uh, 10 slash X, whatever. <laughs> um, but we haven't talked about the price point. These are really expensive phones. I mean, the Note starts at $900 and the, I- the iPhone, I mean, at least the one you really want, right? Let's be honest. Um, starts at, at $1,000. So Google might have the edge for that that consumer that still wants the cutting edge but is not doesn't want to pay that premium for a phone that you know it'll uh, it'll still be a lot though I mean XL estimations starting are like eight forty nine ish so eight forty nine nine forty nine hundred dollars cheaper ish mm-hmm. but still 
not like two hundred dollars cheaper, right? Which which back, would be a good difference. I'm sorry, going back to yeah. something you said, like on the, we're like on the cycles and stuff. And I think a lot of people, you know, if you're not buying your phone outright, you're just paying that little subsidized mm-hmm. fee, or you're paying that financing to a carrier. And hey, I'm paying you know seventy bucks or eighty bucks a month, and I'm just going to keep on doing that, and I'll get my phone when it's time to upgrade. So I think for a lot of people, it's not they just hey, what phones are out there when it's my my contract is up? And yeah. It's not even contracts nowadays. Right. It's just, I'm done paying my financing on my whatever phone I have. Do I want to get a Pixel? Do I want to get an S8? Um, there's so many good phones. Yep. And that's the other part is uh, we talk about these release cycles, and here we are in fall, and we've had four major phones fall in the last uh, last month. Boom. All right, let's, uh, let's jump into the lines because there's plenty of people that want to talk to us before the keynote starts at 9. We're going to go to our friend Carl. Carl is 16, calling about the Google Pixel event. Carl, what's up? Welcome to CNET Live. Hello guys, thank you for. Uh, I've been waiting for a while, but Carl, are you really um, six? Excited. Carl, are you really sixteen, or is actually our our system said you're sixteen, but you're not actually sixteen? No, it's just the system. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't sound like he's sixteen. He's, a, he's smoking he, at sixteen. He's yeah, grown. Like, uh, he's got grown. that smoker whiskey <laughs> voice. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> What's up, Carl? So yeah, um, I'm calling because um, I've been waiting for um, a chance to switch um, um, to Android for a while now. I've been almost bought the. Um, blackberry key one i was like this is amazing i'm just <laughs> waiting uh, to have a chance to like go on the android board but uh they haven't wide while me uh for a while now so i'm just really excited for the pixel 2 we'll see what they do um a thousand dollars for the iphone is pretty a lot and i'm just waiting to see what can they they why me the wild factor for google what carl do you, what, okay. do you have what do you guys think what phone do you have currently carl I have a 6S broken screen. I'm not on a contract, so yeah. You're ready to roll. You're ready to roll. You're ready to roll. So does let me ask you this question because there's a lot of hype around bezel-less, bezel-less, bezel-less. It doesn't look like that the Google Pixel 2 is going to be a bezel-less phone. Does that bother you? Do you care? You want really or more concerned about the features it has? It's more about the features. I don't really care so much. I, I mean, it's a gorgeous screen for for sure, but it's just about the feature because, like you said, um, we get stocked on the ecosystem. So I was like, okay, how can I? I really hate Android, but I'm like, how can I give it a chance? Kind of thing. Oh, so you just you just want to get you just want to give Android a chance. Give Android a chance. Yeah. Open yeah. mind. Open mind. Yeah. We like that. So, yeah, Carl. You got to be here when you're in the tech. Yeah, so that's, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. If only everyone thought that way. And was 16. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Carl. Right. Thanks so much for calling, buddy. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. See ya. Uh, the Google keynote is still expected to start at 9. Is we're gonna Sorry. we're gonna jump. We will jump into it uh, once they actually start. But I'm gonna try and take one more call because people have been waiting patiently. Brian McHenry in the house. What's up, Brian McHenry? Thanks for waiting so long. Oh, my bad. Uh, just curious if you thought the Pixel Two would be exclusive to Verizon if I decided to get it through a carrier. Uh, I just honestly. We just this morning it had been leaked out that Verizon will be the exclusive carrier of the Google Pixel Two. Um, that that's the story that I saw just earlier, right before we started this show. So I would say yes, <laughs> unless that unless that changes. That it's not an official official word, but that's what has been leaked out. But if it's like last year too, that doesn't mean you can't get the phone through another retailer or something like that and, and still finance right, through right. them and stuff. But yeah, Verizon, right? Okay, so Am I right? Yeah. 
Okay, hey, thanks, Brian. We're going to jump to the keynote. Everyone here, uh, come back. We'll we'll do the show. We'll do post-show afterwards. All right, thanks so much. As we were preparing for this event, we were all devastated by the news coming out of Las Vegas, as I'm sure all of you were. And that's coming off a challenging past few weeks with hurricanes Harvey, Irma, and Maria, and other events around the world. It's been hard to see the suffering, but I've been moved and inspired by everyday heroism. People opening up their homes and to first responders literally risking their lives to save other people. Our hearts and prayers are with the victims and families impacted by these terrible events. We are working closely with many relief agencies in affected areas, and we are committed to doing our part. It's a true privilege to be at the SF Jazz Center. It's a great American institution for jazz performance and education. And it's really good to see familiar faces in the audience. As always, I want to give a shout out to people joining us on the live stream globally from around the world. Uh, since last year and since Google I.O., we've been working hard, continuing our shift from a mobile first to an AI first world. We are rethinking all our core products and working hard to solve user problems by applying machine learning and AI. Let me give you an example. Recently, I, I visited Lagos in Nigeria. It's a city of 21 million people. It's an incredibly dynamic, vibrant, and ever-growing city. Many people are coming online for the first time. So it's very exciting, unless you happen to be in the Google Maps team and you have to map the city. <laughs> and it is, so, it is changing so fast. And normally, we map a place by using Street View and doing a lot of stuff automatically. But it's difficult to do that in a place like Lagos because the city is changing. You can't always see the signage clearly. And there are variable address conventions. Things are in sequential. So for example, take that house there. If you squint hard, you can see the street number there. It is number three to the left of the gate. That was relatively easy. On to a harder problem now. That house, you know, that's what we see from street view. I think as humans, it's probably pretty hard. Maybe one or two of you can spot it out. But our computer vision systems, thanks to machine learning, can pick it out, identify the street number, and start mapping, mapping the house. So we approached Lagos completely differently. We deployed machine learning from the ground up. And just in five months, the team was able to map 5,000 kilometers of new roads, 50,000 new addresses, and 100,000 businesses. And it's something which makes a real difference for millions of users there, as Google Maps is popular. And we think this approach is broadly applicable. Let's come closer to home, in a parking in San Francisco. I don't even try it anymore, but for, for those of you who try it, we again use machine learning. We understand location data. We try to understand patterns, our cars circling around. And the color shows the density of parking. And we can analyze it throughout the day and predict parking difficulty. And in Google Maps, give you options. A simple example, but it's the kind of everyday use case for which we are using machine learning to make a difference. The best example I can think of, what we've talked before, is Google Translation. 
I literally remember many years ago adding translation in Chrome and making it automatic so that if you land in a page different from your language, we do that for you. Fast forward to today, with the power of machine learning on our neural machine translation, we serve over two billion translations in many, many languages every single day. To me, it shows the power of staying at a problem, constantly using computer science to make it better, and seeing users respond to it at scale. This is why we are excited about the shift from a mobile-first to an AI-first world. It is not just about applying machine learning in, in our products, but it's radically rethinking how computing should work. At a higher level, in an AI-first world, I believe computers should adapt to how people live their lives, rather than people having to adapt to computers. And so we think about four core attributes as part of this experience. First, people should be able to interact with computing in a natural and seamless way. Mobile took us a step in this direction with multi-touch, but increasingly, it needs to be conversational, sensory. We need to be able to use our voice, gestures, and vision to make the experience much more seamless. Second, it is going to be ambient. Computing is going to evolve beyond the phone, be there in many screens around you when you need it working for you. Third, we think it needs to be thoughtfully contextual. Mobile gave us limited context. You know, with identity, your location, we were able to improve the experience significantly. In an AI-first world, we can have a lot more context and apply it thoughtfully. For example, if you're into fitness and you land in a new city, we can suggest running routes, maybe gyms nearby, and healthy eating options. And in my case, being a vegetarian and having a weakness for deserts, maybe suggest the right restaurants for me. Finally, and probably the most important of it all, you know, computing needs to learn and adapt constantly over time. It just doesn't work that way today. In mobile, you know, developers write software and constantly ship updates. But you know, let me give a, a small example. I use Google Calendar all the time. On Sundays, I try to get a weekly view of how my week looks like. But once the work week starts, say on a Monday or a Tuesday, I'm trying to get a view into what the next few hours looks like. I have to constantly toggle, toggle back and forth. Google Calendar should automatically understand my context and show me the right view. It's a very simple example, but software needs to fundamentally change how it works. It needs to learn and adapt. And that applies to important things like security and privacy as well. Today, a lot of us deal with security and privacy by putting the onus back on users. We give them many settings and toggles to improve those. But in an AI-first world, we can learn and adapt and do it thoughtfully for our users. For example, if it's a notification for your doctor's appointment, we need to treat it sensitively and differently than just telling you when you need to start driving to work. So we're really excited by the shift, and that's why we are here today. We've been working on software and hardware together because that's the best way to drive the shifts in computing forward. But we think we are at a unique moment in time where we can bring a combination of AI and software and hardware to bring a different perspective to solving problems for users. 
And we are very confident about our approach here because we are at the forefront of driving the shifts with AI. Three months ago at Google I.O., our Google AI teams announced a new approach called AutoML. AutoML is just our machines automatically generating machine learning models. Today, these are handcrafted by machine learning scientists. And literally, only a few thousands of scientists around the world can do this. Design the number of layers, weight and connect the neurons appropriately. It's very hard to do. We want to democratize this. We want to bring this to more people. We want to enable hundreds of thousands of developers to be able to do it. So we've been working on this technology called AutoML. And just in the past month, for a standard task like image classification, understanding images, our AutoML models are now not only more accurate than the best human-generated models, but they are more resource efficient. So it's pretty amazing to see. We are now taking it a step further. Let me talk about another use case, object detection. When we say object detection, just a fancy name for computers trying to delineate and understand images, being able to draw bounding boxes and distinguish between all the vehicles there, scooters, mopeds, motorcycles, and even pick out the bike in front. It has a lot of practical use cases. The Street View example for Legos works based on object detection. Google Lens, which you'll hear about later, as well as our photography in Pixel, uses object detection. This is really hard to do. The best human-generated models we have only have a 39% accuracy. But our AutoML models, as of the past couple of weeks, have, have reached around 43% accuracy. and They're constantly getting better. So the rate at which we are seeing progress with AI is amazing, which is why we are really excited about combining it with our software and hardware to bring it together for our users. Let me give you a concrete example. I was recently very inspired by this tweet from a journalist who was attending the Little League World Series. As you can see, there are two Little Leaguers here, one from Dominican Republic and the other from South Dakota, and they are talking to each other using Google Translate. It's a great example, but I looked at it and I feel like we could do a whole lot better. Computing needs to evolve where this happens in a more natural, seamless, and a conversational way. And later today, you'll get an early glimpse of how we can push this experience further by thinking about AI software and hardware together. I couldn't be more excited by the direction our hardware team is taking and approaching their work here. So to give you a lot more insights, let me welcome Rick onto the stage. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I want to welcome everyone here today, Google fans, the media, in the front row, we have some of our top sales reps from Verizon and other partners. It's great to have you all here. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. We've got a lot to show you today, including a few surprises. So uh, I thought I would quickly set the scene and explain what we've been working toward and just how it ties into the vision that Sundar outlined. A year ago, 
we stood on a slightly smaller stage and introduced the world to Google Pixel, Home, and Wi-Fi, Chromecast Ultra, and Daydream View. This is the first generation of hardware made by Google. So much has happened since then, and we've made tremendous progress in our first year. For starters, our team is getting a lot bigger. We're bringing on 2,000 very talented engineers from HTC, along with some important IP. It's an amazing team that's created a series of industry-first innovations, and by working more closely together, we'll be able to better integrate Google hardware and software. And our products have built up a lot of momentum going into our second year. Let's take a look. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. Play the soundtrack to Spaghetti for Pepe. Google set to hold a product event in San Francisco. There are a ton of new announcements. Google is showing off new hardware. Das Pixel XL und das Pixel. It's called Google Home. The new way to make your home a little bit smarter. Google debuted a new virtual reality headset. Get the daydream view. I actually feel like I'm there. It's sick as hell, I can tell you that much. The Google Pixel. Pixel is my new favorite camera. Okay, Google, take a selfie. Oh, that camera. Pictures that come out of this thing are incredible. Google's new Chromecast Ultra. Four stars and editor's choice. Okay, Google, show me a video of a kangaroo. What? The camera is phenomenal. The best ever in a smartphone. Beautiful. Tops in my book. There, I said it. My mom now can save every picture. Unlimited space. Mama got a new toy. It can recognize each voice. Ooh. Enter Google Assistant. She's so smart. She's just amazing. Let me see what else my Google Assistant can do. Hey, Google, call Carrie. Okay, Google, uh, je vois du beatbox. What is a dog? That's your question, what is a dog? <laughs> I don't want to blow your mind with my high-tech talk. Oh. It is amazing what it can do. I think you've got a winner. It's good stuff. How cool is that? Yes, Google. That is amazing. Okay, Google, what's next? We're still in the early days of our hardware line, but we're off to a great start. We're thrilled to announce that there are now 55 million Chromecast devices around the world. Google Wi-Fi is the number one selling mesh router since its launch in the US and Canada. And in the last 12 months alone, the Assistant has gotten a lot smarter thanks to Google. We've added more than 100 million new, unique, featured snippets from the web, video results from YouTube, and new local places in Google Maps, and a lot more. And Pixel had a great year. I just wish we had a few more of them to go around, but user satisfaction (laughs) among Pixel owners is among the highest of any Google product ever. Industry analysts and the media gave Pixel rave reviews, too. Our performance scores led the industry, and Pixel had the best and top-rated smartphone camera. We're really proud of how well the Pixel did for our first-generation smartphone in such a competitive space. Well, you all know this better than anyone, but the playing field for hardware components is leveling off. 
And I don't envy those of you who have to write reviews for a bunch of smartphones with very similar specs. Megapixels in the camera, processor speed, modem throughput, battery life, display quality. These core features are table stakes now. Moore's Law and Dennard scaling are ideas from the past. To be honest, it's going to be tougher and tougher for people to develop new, exciting products each year because that's no longer the timetable for big leaps forward in hardware alone. And that's why we're taking a very different approach at Google. As I said last year, the next big innovation will happen at the intersection of AI, software, and hardware. Smartphones might be reaching parity on their specs, but as we just heard from Sundar, we're seeing huge breakthroughs in the kinds of experiences we're able to deliver to users. And it all starts with reimagining hardware from the inside out. AI and machine learning have helped us to do this across our products. For one, Pixel completely revolutionized the end-to-end -end photo experience for users and removes all of the hassles. Machine learning works throughout the experience to make your Pixel photos more vibrant, to smooth out your videos, and to make all those thousands of memories easy to find on any of your devices. We did the same thing with home networks. Google Wi-Fi uses machine learning not only to keep your signal strong, but to reduce Wi-Fi congestion. While you're moving throughout the house, your router is intelligently transitioning your devices to the best Wi-Fi point and placing you on the right channel. When you're using the Assistant on Google Home, you'll notice it can pick up your voice even in a noisy room. Our deep learning capabilities and neural beamforming help Google Home locate the source of sound and hear you accurately. So we can do with just two microphones what others normally need six or eight to do. And this is what it means to design hardware from the inside out. It's this combination of AI, software, and hardware working together that provides a helpful experience for our users. And that's where the big leaps forward are going to happen in the next 10 years. We're still in the early days for our hardware line, but we know what it takes to build great products in a crowded field. We weren't first with many of our most successful products. Gmail, Chrome, Android, and even Search. But in each case, we succeeded by doing what we're best at, reimagining the experience to make it radically helpful for the user. And as you'll hear today, our next generation of devices is radically helpful too. They're fast, they're there when you need them, they're simple to use, and they anticipate your needs. Everything is designed for you to keep the tech in the background and out of your way. Interact with your devices naturally through your voice or by touching them. And by building hardware around our AI and software, we're creating products that get even better over time. They're constantly getting faster and more helpful the more you interact with them, thanks to machine learning. As a family, made by Google products represent the ultimate Google experience. Today, we're going to show you how we're creating a family of products that are there when you need them, at work, at school, and on the go. But we're going to start with the most important place, your home. So let's hear next from Rishi Chandra, who leads our home team. Over to you, Rishi.
Thank you, Rick. It's been a really exciting year for us. Google Home was the first product to bring the Google Assistant to the home. And we've been constantly learning from our users so that we can make the Assistant radically helpful for you. For example, as Rick mentioned, in the last year, we can answer over 100 million new questions. And the best part is, you don't have to talk like a computer or teach Google Home any new skills. It just works. Now, we're really happy with the positive feedback thus far, but we know this is a journey. So we've been working hard to bring Google Home to more people and more countries. This year, we launched in five new countries, and we're happy to announce that we'll be launching in Japan later this week. <laughs> Now, bringing the assistant to people all around the world is no easy task. We had to make sure we could understand people of different age groups, genders, and accents. So we trained the assistant at a scale that only Google could, with over 50 million voice samples from hundreds of different ambient environments. We've been investing in voice search for over a decade, which is why we have the best voice recognition in the world. Now, earlier this year, we had a major breakthrough with the ability to recognize your voice. We call it voice match. With your permission, we build a model of your voice by looking at dozens of different voice characteristics, like vocal construct, pitch, and tone. This is a really big deal. Google Home is great for the whole family, but it doesn't mean I want to get the same answer to every question. An assistant can only be truly useful if it knows who you are. And with voice match, we're the only assistant that can bring personal help to each individual member of your household. So when you ask a question, we match your voice, and we respond with your calendar, your commute, and your personal reminders. Now, voice match has already become one of the most popular features on Google Home today. Over half of all queries are from people who've trained the assistant to recognize their voice. And starting today, we're rolling out voice match to all seven countries Google Home will be available. Now, another popular feature is hands-free calling. You can use your Google Home to call any landline or mobile number in the US or Canada for free without any additional apps or accessories. It just works. And I'm happy to announce that we'll be bringing hands-free calling to the UK later this year. And starting today, you can call out with your own personal mobile number. So whoever you're calling will know it's you. You just need to verify your number through the Google Home app. And of course, with Voice Match, we can recognize your voice to make sure we call your contact with your personal number. Now, hands-free calling also has the intelligence of Google built right in. Just say, hey, Google, call the bakery on 24th Street. OK, calling Noe Valley Bakery. We do the hard work to figure out which business you want to call, thanks to Google's deep expertise in local search. Making a call has never been easier. Now, we have a lot of great news to share with you today. So to kick things off, I'd like to welcome Isabel, lead designer for home hardware. Thank you, Rishi. I'm thrilled to share with you how we think design is redefining technology in the home. You heard Rick mention earlier today that everything in a hardware line is designed to fit into your life. The home is a special, intimate place, and people are very selective about what they welcome into it. You don't want to fill it with black plastic, complicated buttons, and random blinking lights. Our vision is to build simple, helpful solutions that work in the background, helping you when you need it and staying out of the way when you don't. So here's what that means to us. 
We design for the spaces our products live in, and we take inspiration from the materials and colors that people already use to make their home more warm and inviting. Second, when designing for real homes, form and size really matters for creating something that actually fits into any room or on any surface. And lastly, the way you interact with our products has to be so intuitive, you never even have to think about it, and so simple that the entire household can use it. With that, we are introducing Minnie, the newest member of the Google Home family. The first thing you might notice is the striking simplicity of the design. It's sleek and smooth with no corners or edges. And it's small enough to be placed in anywhere in your home. It makes Google Home more accessible to more people in more rooms. And as you can see, almost the entire enclosure is made out of fabric. And it's not just about aesthetics. It's core to the product experience. That is why we created this material from scratch, right down to the yarn. It needed to be durable and soft, but also transparent enough to let through both light and sound. This perfect balance allows for all of Mini's technology to be thoughtfully tucked away underneath the clean, simple enclosure. So the four LED lights under the fabric are there when you need them, lighting up to show you that it hears you or it's thinking. And you can control it by touch. Give the fabric a quick tap to pause your music, adjust the volume, or talk to your assistant. We thought a lot about how to get great sound with such a small product, too. We embraced mini circular shape to project 360-degree sound, so it's really crisp, no matter where you stand in the room. You'll be surprised how amazing the quality is. And if you want bigger sound, you can easily connect Mini to any Chromecast built-in speaker wirelessly. We created Mini in three beautiful colors, coral, chalk, and charcoal. Color really matters in the home. This is the place where we choose our drapes and carpets and pink colors with so much care. We brought that same level of care for Mini. For the chalk color alone, it took us 157 tries before we found the perfect shade of gray. So that's Google Home Mini, with all the power of the Google Assistant. You can make it your sous chef in the kitchen, your white noise machine in the nursery, your voice remote for your TV in the living room, or your alarm clock in the bedroom, or all of the above. Mini will retail for just $49 in the US. And it's, <laughs> and it's gonna be available for pre-order online starting today, and in stores starting October 19th from major retailers. We're also really happy to announce that Mini is coming to all seven Google Home countries. So with that, let's take a look at this ad that we launched later this week. What's this little thing? Well, it's Google Home Mini. You put it in your house and control it with your voice. Hey Google, play my fun playlist. 
Okay, playing now. It's also a remote control, an alarm clock, and a sous chef. Let it cool for 10 minutes. It can play you this on TV or that on the internet. It can tell you the weather oh. or if your flight's delayed because of the weather. And it knows the difference between you Hi. and your husband. Hey. So if you go, hey Google, call Alex. It won't call your husband's friend Alex. It'll call your friend Alex. Calling Alex. Hey, how are you? Okay, gotta go, girl. Anyway, it's made by the same people who help you find stuff on the internet. So you know, no biggie. It's smaller than a donut and weighs less than a full-grown chipmunk without the nuts. It's powered by the Google Assistant. So it has Google Maps, Google Calendar. It gets you to all your music, lots of your favorite shows, all of YouTube, and lots and lots and lots of other stuff you love. All for less than 50 bucks. Yeah, it's Google Home Mini. A little help at home, like only Google can. Thanks, Isabel. We can't wait for you to try out Mini. We also want to share how the Google Assistant continues to get better over time. From the start, we've been helping everyone, people with their everyday routines. For example, one of my favorite features is My Day, which gives me a personalized briefing of my important events of the day. And with Voice Match, each member of the house can get their own unique start to their morning routine. Well, soon we're going to be extending routines in two important ways. First, we're adding more routines to help you with those everyday moments, like getting ready to leave for work, coming home in the evening, or turning in for the night. Second, we're adding additional actions to the routines. So now when I say good morning, I not only get my personal briefing, but I also can turn on the lights, start the coffee maker, and even play my favorite morning playlist. This kind of help is exactly what I need to get my day started. Now another ritual for me in the morning is I'm always looking for my phone before heading to work. Well, the Google Assistant can help there too. Just say, hey Google, find my phone. And we'll automatically ring your Android phone even if it's on silent mode. And for iPhone users, we just give you a call. It's good. It saves me five to 10 minutes every morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now we're also working to make the smart home work better for you. The Google Assistant can now voice control over a thousand different smart home products from over a hundred brands. And even more importantly, we brought our deep expertise of natural language processing to make it easier to voice control in a more conversational way. So for example, if I want to change the temperature, I shouldn't have to remember the current thermostat setting. I should be able to say, hey Google, make it warmer. Okay, warming up the living room. Your assistant knows what warmer means and will just take care of it for you. Now, voice control is just the start. We believe the next evolution of the smart home is to bring real intelligence to the home so it can behave in a more thoughtful way. Your home should smartly adjust to you, not the other way around. So Google and Nest are working together to reimagine the smart home. To tell you more, I'd like to welcome Yoki, CTO of Nest. Thank you, Rishi. At Nest, we like to talk about the thoughtful home, one that takes care of the people inside it and the world around it. We recently took a big step forward in achieving that goal by doubling our portfolio by shipping six new hardware products. What I love about Nest's growing ecosystem is that we combine the best-in-class hardware and machine learning to help make people's lives easier. And your Nest experience reaches a whole new level when it's combined with Google products. Let me show you three examples 
of how we can provide you with even more help at home. With Nest Cam, Google Home, and Chromecast, we can help keep you keep an eye on your home just with your voice. So if you hear some unexpected sound and by the front door and I'm in the back with the family room without my phone, I can just say, okay, Google, show me the entryway. Okay, streaming the entryway. And then I realize it's not an intruder, but my pet pig, <laughs> Cayenne. And she's found a leftover lunch in my son's backpack. Sadly, this has happened more than once. <laughs> and if I want to keep it for later for my kids, I can simply say, okay, Google, save me this clip to show them why we don't leave food in our backpacks. <laughs> With our new video doorbell, Nest Hello, we can also start to solve some of our common pain points through Google and Nest integrated computer, uh, computer vision technologies. Of course, most of us want to know who's at the door before we, before we get off the couch. Through a feature called Familiar Faces, Nest Hello will be able to recognize the people that you asked it to remember. So when the doorbell rings and Nest Hello recognizes the person at the door, it will automatically broadcast that information to Google Home devices in the house. Auntie Susie is at the front door. And you don't even have to ask. And if Nest Hello doesn't know who's at the door, you can just say, okay, Google, show me who's at the front door. And we will stream your camera feed right to your TV. This is another great example of what Google and Nest can do together. And this last one is my favorite. Your home can soon get ready for the night just with a simple command. As Rishi mentioned, you can personalize your routine to include actions for Nest products. So all I have to say is, hey Google, good night. Okay, let's get ready for bed. I've armed your security system. Your first calendar event is tomorrow at 9 a.m. Your alarm is set for 7 a.m. Sleep well. In the background, my assistant, my assistant is also turning my security camera on, adjusting the thermostat, and turning off the lights. This really simplifies my life and gives me the peace of mind that I cannot get any other way. Together, Nest and Google deliver an ecosystem of product that makes your home more secure and energy efficient, more connected and entertaining, with the best home assistant experience. Our close collaboration makes this product work seamlessly together and help us get one step closer to a truly thoughtful home. On that note, to tell you more about Google Assistant, let me welcome Wishy back on stage. Thank you, Yoki. You know, making a more thoughtful home is just one way to help make our joyfully hectic family lives a little easier. You know, the Google Assistant already provides a lot of help, from using your voice to order more diapers, playing a lullaby in the nursery, checking the traffic to those piano lessons, or easily giving grandma a call. Now, if you're like me, it can be hard to gather the household together for 
those family moments like dinner time or movie night. Well, to help, we're launching a new feature called Broadcast. It's really easy. Just say, hey, Google, broadcast, it's time to leave for school. Got it. Broadcasting now. The assistant will broadcast the message to all the other Google Home devices in my house. It's really great. Parents are going to love this feature. Kids, kids are going to hate this feature. <laughs> but that's what makes it useful. <laughs> Speaking of kids, we think Google Home has a lot of potential with, uh, to help kids and families. Voice interaction is so simple and easy to use, kids are naturally drawn to it. So we want to be thoughtful about what it would take to deliver a great kid's experience. We conducted research with hundreds of parents and kids from across the country from different backgrounds. So first, we're announcing support for family link accounts on Google Home. These are Google accounts that parents can create for children under 13. And they can manage it within the family link app. And as we all know, kids have their own unique way of speaking. Sometimes it can be a little hard to understand, even for us parents. Well, fortunately, we've improved our voice recognition accuracy for kids, so the assistant can understand them too. And finally, we're introducing over 50 new experiences with the Google Assistant to help kids learn something new, explore new interests, imagine with story time, or just share laughs with the whole family. So let me show you how my kids and their friends had some fun this weekend. Let's go to the living room. Yeah! Okay, Google, play musical chairs. Ready to see who our musical chair champion will be. Okay, Google, beatbox for me. Hey, Google, let's play freeze time. Hiya, pal. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Okay, Google, play what kind of fruit are you? Okay, Google. What sound does a seal make? This is a seal. <laughs> okay, Google. Let's learn. Hey, Google. Let's play space trivia. Which was the first planet to be discovered using a telescope? Uranus. Uranus. Hey, Google. Can you tell me a story? One day, I was hanging out at home with my dad. There lived a sweet-tempered girl whose name was Cinderella. I can tell you, as a parent, it's great to see the kids without their screens and sharing experiences together. And it's easy to get started. Just say, hey, Google, let's learn to play science quizzes or talk to an astronaut. Or try, hey, Google, let's play a game to play musical chairs or tackle a riddle. And finally, hey, Google, tell me a story to hear classics like Snow White or original stories like the chef who loved potatoes. Now, to bring this to life, we've partnered with Disney We'll be bringing exclusive experiences to Google Home featuring Mickey Mouse, Lightning McQueen, and Star Wars. We're working with many other top brands in the family space, including Warner Brothers and Sports Illustrated Kids. And starting today, we're opening up the Actions on Google platform for developers to create experiences specifically for families and kids. All these new family features will be rolling out later this month across all Google Home devices. Okay, finally. I have one more exciting addition to share that's coming to the Google Home family. Yeah, you know no better. 
our biggest and best sounding Google Home ever. Just like the Pixel reimagined the camera, we'll do the same with sound, with a combination of great hardware and software powered by Google's machine learning capabilities. Now, it starts with a strong foundation of great hardware. The first thing you'll notice is how we obsessed over the bass. Its two 4.5-inch woofers have 22 millimeters of excursion, an extremely high range for their size. That means these woofers can move a lot of air allowing Max to really hit those low frequencies. And Max can play loud, really loud. It's one of the 20 times more powerful than Google Home. So it'll fill any room in your house with amazing audio. Now, great hardware alone isn't sufficient for great sound. The challenge of speakers today is that they're tuned for ideal acoustic conditions, but they fall short in the real world. That's why it always sounds different in the store than in your home. To sound great, the speaker needs to adjust to you and your home. So today we're announcing Smart Sound, a new audio experience powered by Google's AI. It allows Max to adapt to you, your environment, your context, your preferences. So for example, if you set up a speaker near a wall, on a shelf, in a corner, fairly common places, it can dramatically change the sound balance of the speaker and make the music sound muddy and the vocals lose clarity. Well, with Smart Sound, we automatically tune the speaker to correct for this effect, using our machine learning model trained with thousands of different room configurations. And what's really cool, this is all done dynamically. So if you decide to move Max a few feet, it'll compensate within seconds. And over time, Smart Sound will automatically adapt the sound to fit your context, lowering the volume in the morning, raising the volume when the dishwasher's running, or just adjusting the tuning based on the type of media you're listening to whether it be music, podcasts, or news. It's about delivering a consistent, crisp, thoughtful sound experience, one that's tailored to your home and your moments. Now, great sound only matters if you can play a lot of great content. With YouTube Music, you'll have access to the world's broadest catalog of songs, remixes, and covers. And we also support all free and paid Spotify users, along with other top music services. Just use your voice to start playing your favorite tunes. Max also supports cast, Bluetooth, and stereo aux input. So you can play anything from your phone or plug in that record player to breathe new life into that vinyl collection. And of course, Max has a Google Assistant built right in. We made your assistant can hear you even when the music is blasting, using our unique microphone placement and Google's neural beamforming technology. And with Voice Match, the assistant can become your own personal DJ. We recognize your voice and we can play playlists and music stations personalized to you. And Google Home Max is designed to be incredibly versatile and fit naturally in your home. You can stand it up vertically, place it horizontally, whatever makes sense for your space. Its base magnetically pops into place. So when you change Max's orientation, there aren't any rubber feet where they don't need to be. We thought through every detail. And finally, 
Max works seamlessly with the Google Home family and hundreds of Chromecast built-in speakers. So you can use multi-room to sync every room in your house with immersive sound. Google Home Max will be available starting December for $399. And it'll come in two colors, chalk and charcoal. Now we'll initially launch in the US with more countries coming early next year. And to make sure you have an amazing sound experience out of the box, we're, we're providing a free 12-month subscription to YouTube Red, which includes YouTube Music ad-free. We think you're going to really love the newest members of the Google Home family. Along with the updates to the Google Assistant, they represent a big leap forward in the type of helpfulness, fun, and sound you can expect from Google in the home. And to close, we gave Max to a music lover to get their thoughts. Let's take a look. I'm a producer and a DJ, so I'm not classically trained, but I'm obsessed with music. I listen to music all day long. I'm constantly being critical of my own music, of music that I hear. Watch this. Hey Google, play Particular by Major Lazer. Sure, Particular by Major Lazer and DJ Mafersa. Here it is on YouTube. Every room I have is set up to play music. My bedrooms, the living room. Hey Google, turn it up. They told me everybody's 15 minutes in a different time zone. And since I have it at the moment, you don't wanna wanna shine my light on. Hey Google, play the song that goes, wrist looks like Ben Dip. All right, no, no better by Major Laser. Here it is on YouTube. The speaker can find the periphery of walls and where it is located in a, in a room. Have that technology to understand where it is and to adjust appropriately is amazing. That sounds great. Ooh, that's this is this this is dope. If people could actually hear what we're giving them from when it leaves our studio, that would be amazing. That's what any producer or artist would love. Hey Google, turn it all the way up. As you just saw, there's so much amazing innovation happening in the home space. And at the same time, our phones have evolved, become the most trusted devices in our lives. But have you ever wondered why the laptop experience has been basically the same for the past 20 years? So while the laptop experience hasn't changed all that much, how we use technology in our lives definitely has. We live online. We create and collaborate more than ever. We use tons of apps every day, and we're constantly jumping between our phone, tablet, and laptop to get things done and have fun. Shouldn't we be able to do whatever we want on whatever device is in front of us? We think so. We've worked hard to combine the most helpful parts of a laptop, a tablet, and a smartphone to fit how we use technology today. Meet Google Pixelbook, the high-performance Chromebook. Pixelbook reimagines the laptop experience by marrying the best of premium performance hardware, the speed, simplicity, and security of Chrome OS, 
the smarts of the Google Assistant, and all your favorite apps. Pixelbook is the perfect example of how we combine the best of hardware and software with AI at the center. We'll start with a stunning versatile design. Pixelbook is the thinnest, lightest laptop we've ever made at just around 10 millimeters thin and a kilogram light. In fact, it's so light, I find myself constantly checking my bag to make sure I haven't forgotten it. <laughs> Pixelbook easily adapts with a four-in-one design, so it's built for the many ways you want to use it. When you're at your most productive, it's an incredible laptop. Fold the keyboard underneath and easily watch videos or play your favorite games. Use Pixelbook as a tablet to catch up on the latest news or read a book. It's the first convertible laptop that actually feels natural to use as a tablet. Prop it up into tent mode to share your screen or follow along with a recipe in the kitchen. Use it however you want because Pixelbook adapts to fit the office, the classroom, movie night, or even a long flight. Pixel phone fans will appreciate our signature glass inlay on the lid, giving it not only a refined look, but improved wireless performance. The 12.3-inch touchscreen display is gorgeously high resolution, with vibrant colors, deep blacks, and enough brightness to use outside, even on a sunny day. We developed an extremely thin keyboard that's comfortable to use with soft-touch keys and a backlit design that helps you work from anywhere. And Pixelbook's trackpad uses touch processing algorithms that improve accuracy and palm rejection. With Intel Core i5 and i7 processors, Pixelbook packs a punch. It offers plenty of RAM to handle your multitasking needs and gives you up to 512 gigs of storage. The long-lasting battery provides up to 10 hours of use from a single charge. And plugging in for just 15 minutes gives you two hours of battery life. You can even use your Pixelbook charger with your Pixel phone giving you one less thing to carry around. And in moments when you don't have access to Wi-Fi, Pixelbook is smart enough to automatically connect through your Pixel phone. We call this instant tethering. It's so much simpler than setting up a hotspot on my phone and then manually connecting to it on my laptop. Now, Let's take a further look at the software experience inside Pixelbook. This laptop is fast. It starts up in seconds, stays fast throughout the day, and won't slow down over its lifetime. Chrome OS provides a more secure computing experience with multiple layers of security and automatic updates. No need to worry about manual downloads or annoying security patches to keep your machine safe. And your most important files are available on your local drive and securely backed up with Google Drive. So you can access them from anywhere, online or offline. We're also excited to announce that Pixelbook is the first laptop with the Google Assistant built in, making it radically helpful. Just like you can with your other devices, you can check the weather before heading out for the day, control your smart home, set reminders, check if my Packers won. Your assistant is there for you no matter what you're doing. And we've made it easy to interact with the assistant in all the ways you use Pixelbook. 
When it's in tent or entertainment mode and the keyboard is tucked away, simply say, okay Google, play Future Me. And that exact music video I had in mind starts playing on YouTube. Other times though, it's not the right moment or place to talk to your computer. Like if you're sitting at a coffee shop or out in the audience right now. So Pixelbook has a key that puts the power of the assistant right at your fingertips, letting you type your request. And when you're using your Pixelbook as a tablet, it's easiest to show your assistant what you need help with on your screen. That's why we created the new Pixelbook Pen, a smart, responsive companion for your Pixelbook. Just hold the pen's button and circle an image or text on the screen and the assistant will take action. When you're browsing through a blog and discover a new musician, you can circle their photo and the assistant will give you more information about them. From there, you can check out their Instagram page, go to their YouTube channel, get a list of their songs, and more. Or if you're doing homework, the assistant can help with your research. Like if you get stuck on a really unfamiliar concept, just circle the word and the assistant will give you everything you need to know. The pen is also handy for moments when it feels more natural to write, draw, or take notes. Like when you're using your Pixelbook as a tablet. The experience using a pen should be like writing on paper. To bring that experience to life, we partnered with the engineers at Wacom and together we built the fastest, most responsive stylus experience ever with just 10 milliseconds of latency, 60 degrees of angular awareness, and 2,000 levels of pressure sensitivity. Pixelbook Pen uses machine learning for handwriting recognition and demonstrates how performance hardware combined with our expertise in machine learning delivers a user experience that just works better. And shouldn't the apps you know and love on your phone also be available on your laptop? With Pixelbook, they are. Pixelbook fully supports Google Play, so popular smartphone apps are now available on a laptop. In fact, it's never been easier to put the final touches on your favorite photos in Adobe Lightroom and then post them straight to Instagram. You can listen to music from Spotify or download Netflix shows and movies for viewing on the go. Pixelbook is also perfect for creativity apps like Evernote, AutoCAD, and more. Snapchat is already one of the most popular apps among early users, and we're thrilled to announce that the Snap team is working with us to bring an amazing Snapchat experience to the larger screen on Pixelbook. In addition to these amazing Pixelbook experiences you've seen so far, there are many more developers building for the larger screen. Now, let's take a look at how Pixelbook will fit into your life. Okay, Google, play Discover Weekly on Spotify. Okay. <laughs> Just so 
So that's a first look at Pixelbook, a radically helpful laptop that combines the best of Google's AI, software, and hardware. We think you'll love the beautiful, versatile design, high-performance hardware and software, new ways to access the Assistant, and all your favorite apps. It's available in three configurations, so you can choose the performance, memory, and storage that's right for you. Pixelbook starts at $9.99. And the Pixelbook Pen is $99. Both products will be available in the US, Canada, and the UK. On the Google Store, and at over 1,000 retail locations, including Best Buy. Pre-orders start today, and they'll be in stores beginning October 31st. We can't wait to see how you use Pixelbook to work, play, and create. Next, Mario's going to come out and talk about our Pixel phones. We believe in questioning the status quo. Asking more from the world around us is in our nature. After all, Google was built on a single question. What if all the information in the world was available to everyone, everywhere? A big question for us is, what if smartphones got smarter and simpler? We set out to design a phone ourselves because we believed we could make the smartphone experience better. The first Pixel phone delivered a clean and fast UI, put the Google Assistant in your pocket, and brought you, brought you the best camera ever in a smartphone. And we didn't stop asking big questions or working to solve big challenges for users. Today, we're proud to introduce the Google Pixel 2, designed for you with the best of Google built in. We've created the new Pixel in two sizes, a 5-inch and a 6-inch XL, with thoughtful design elements and improvements to the UI throughout. We're bringing you more Google Assistant capabilities. We've added new smart experiences to the camera, and we'll continue to deliver the best photography. Plus, we're introducing some innovative new products to complement your Pixel experience. We do all this by bringing together the best of hardware, software, and AI. Let's begin with the design. We've evolved the Pixel's iconic look to be even bolder. The all-aluminum body with a premium hybrid coating gives it a sleek and clean profile. The soft sculpted back with a distinct sideband feels comfortable and secure in your hand. The refined visor is made of sturdy, gently curved colored glass and transitions seamlessly into the metal body. We've placed a fingerprint sensor where your finger naturally falls. It's extremely accurate, secure, 
and it unlocks faster than any other smartphone. We also added a small pop of color on the power button for a bit of playfulness. Over on the front, Pixel 2's front-facing stereo speakers are precision-tuned to deliver the perfect balance of volume, clarity, and frequency response. We placed them so you can comfortably watch videos in landscape mode without muffling the audio with your hand. If you prefer headphones, use your existing analog headphones with the included adapter, or your digital USB-C headphones for the highest resolution audio all the way to your ears, or avoid cables altogether with your upgraded Bluetooth 5.0 support and Hi-Fi codecs. The smaller 5-inch Pixel 2 features a full HD OLED display, and it's as smart as it is beautiful. The display intelligently selects which specific pixels to turn on, leaving the others perfectly dark for a 100,000 to 1 contrast ratio. That's twice the resolution and more than 10 times the contrast ratio of phones in its category with LCD displays. Pixel 2 comes in three colors, kind of blue, just black, and clearly white. <laughs> we, we love picking the color names. Uh, so let's talk about the display on the XL. The 6-inch Pixel 2 XL was designed with innovative POLED display technology. We elegantly curved the glass to bring the display to the edges for a full-screen immersive viewing experience. The screen supports 18 by 9 QHD plus resolution with over 4.1 million pixels, which equals 538 pixels per inch for amazing detail. We tuned the display to take advantage of the wide color gamut for vivid and realistic colors. We've integrated a circular polarizer, which lets you enjoy the screen even while wearing sunglasses. And we've optimized the displays on both phones for virtual reality. They're both daydream ready. The Pixel 2 XL comes in two colors, just black and the stylishly simple black and white. Feel free to choose whichever size pixel you prefer because you'll get the same great experience on both. We don't set aside better features for the larger device. Both devices... <laughs> both devices are IP67 water and dust resistant and have an all-day battery that charges super fast. You get up to seven hours of charge in just 15 minutes. Now, Sabrina from the Pixel product team is going to take us through the new Pixel 2 UI and some cool and useful features. Thanks, Mario. We're constantly working to make the smartphone experience easier and more helpful. And you'll see improvements throughout the Pixel 2's UI. That helpfulness starts before you've even unlocked the phone. Let me show you the Pixel 2's new always-on display. You can see important information like the time, date, email and text notifications and reminders, all without pushing any buttons or unlocking the device. And there's more than just notifications on your always-on display. Have you ever heard a song you loved and wondered what it was called? With Now Playing, you can just glance down to see the song name and artist on your phone. 
What makes this feature so special is that the music is identified without your Pixel 2 sending any information to Google. On-device machine learning detects when music is playing and matches it to a database of tens of thousands of song patterns on your phone. In this example, you can see that Pixel recognized the song Perfect Places by Lord. From here, I can tap on the song title and I'm taken to the Google Assistant. I can add the song to my library in my favorite music service, like Google Play Music or Spotify, search the web for the song, or even watch the video on YouTube. This feature has brought me some delightful moments over the past few months, and I'm finally learning who sings my favorite songs. Okay, so let's go to a live demo. Here we are on the new Pixel 2 home screen. You can see here I've selected one of our live wallpapers. This is from our new collection called The Living Universe. And if you look closely, you'll notice subtle movements like the waves crashing on the beach. I love that. At the top of the screen, there's a space called At a Glance, where you can easily see the latest updates on your day. We're starting with calendar events today, with traffic, flight status, and more coming soon. In this case, I can see that I've got a mysterious meeting coming up. Not sure what that's about. <laughs> we've placed the Google Quick Search box at the bottom of the home screen, where it's, we found that it's easier to reach, and we're making it even more powerful. It stays with you as you swipe across your screens of apps and widgets. A quick tap into the search box can help me find anything that I need. As I start typing, I can see web search results at the top, but also contacts and apps from my phone. I can even drag an app from here and drop it right on my home screen. We've also made it faster and easier to get to the Google Assistant on Pixel 2 with a new feature called Active Edge. Just give your Pixel a quick squeeze where your hand naturally holds the phone and ask for whatever you need. Here's a quick demo. I just, I just squeeze the phone, take a selfie. One hand, no buttons. Help me out front row. Nice. Our research team investigated dozens of ways to trigger the assistant, but squeezing the phone felt the most natural, satisfying, and efficient. After a lot of work in machine learning, we're able to accurately identify an intentional squeeze. We're really proud of how it turned out, and it even works when your phone is in a case. So your assistant is just a quick squeeze away, making lots of common tasks on your phone fast and easy. From calling and texting your friends, to controlling your smart home, to enjoying your favorite music and videos. And having the same assistant at home and on your phone means the experience is connected across devices. For example, I can say to my phone, OK, Google, broadcast. Hey, I'm almost home with the pizza, so get ready for dinner. And my voice message is shared with my family through the Google Home in our kitchen. The routines Rishi mentioned are coming to the phone as well. And we've also customized routines specifically from when you're on the go. The one I use most is when I'm on my commute. I jump in my car, drop my phone in the cup holder, and say, OK, Google, let's go home.
Sure, let's go. Your commute home is currently 27 minutes with heavy traffic if you take US 101 South. You have one unread text message. It's from mom. It says, we'll bring dessert to dinner tonight. Here's where you left off in fresh air. Have a safe drive. I'm Terry Gross with fresh air. Super useful, all from one quick command. I love how it resumes my podcast right from right where I left off. My assistant even adjusts the volume so I can hear clearly on the road and automatically sends a message to my husband letting him know I'm on my way. Like all the new routines that the assistant will support, you can customize this one based on your preferences. So with a quick squeeze, useful routines on the go, and an assistant that keeps getting smarter, Pixel continues to be the most helpful phone around. Pixel 2 will launch with pure Android Oreo, with features like notification dots, picture-in-picture, and many more. If you already have a Pixel, you recently received the Android Oreo update, and we hope you're enjoying all the improvements. As a Pixel user, you'll always be the first to get OS and security updates without having to do anything. Your phone becomes faster, more capable, and more secure all the time. Next up, my Iparna is going to share some smart, helpful new ways to use your Pixel 2. Have you ever asked yourself, what kind of puppy is that? Or, I want pillows with that pattern. Our phones can help us in many ways, but sometimes the questions we have are difficult to describe into a search box. As you heard Sundar talk about, we believe that as computers can understand what you see, it unleashes a whole new kind of assistance. That's why we started working on Google Lens, a way to do more with what you see. We're super excited to bring a preview of Lens to Pixel phones this year. So let's see it in action. Say you see this flyer for piano lessons. As a guilty mom, I've done this. As you know, the email addresses on them are always so long, like bestmusicteachersf2001 at gmail.com. <laughs> now, you can simply tap on the lens icon, grab that right information, and fire off that email. This also works for phone numbers, websites, and addresses. Yeah, pretty neat. Here's another example. You're at your friend's place at a party, you see this nice print, and you wonder, who's the artist? Now you can just lens it. You can also follow up with, what else did he paint? You can use lens to answer many more questions, like, is this movie worth watching? It totally is. <laughs> How good is this book from Zadie Smith? Tell me all about this album that my music hip friend Rishi sent screenshots of. What was the tempo from our trip five years ago? Look, across all these examples, there are a lot of things happening under the hood that are all coming together. So I'm gonna geek out for a moment and call out a few things. The computer vision systems. We've had some major breakthroughs in deep learning, and now they go from pixels in the photo to things in the scene. The power of Google search helps us train these algorithms with millions and millions of images across the entire web. The power of Google's knowledge graph with its billions of facts about people, places, things. We put it all together, and now you know. 
This Buddhist temple in Kyoto was built in the year 1236 AD. Who would have known? Now, this has to work in the noisiest of conditions. You know, these photos can be taken at different angles, different times of the day, different weather conditions, out of focus pictures, shaky hands, you get the picture. To be clear, sometimes computers do trip up, especially when things kind of look similar, like this. <laughs> Let's take a moment. Is this a muffin or is this a chihuahua? <laughs> you tell me. It's early days for Lens. But you know, this is a familiar journey for us. When Google started, our search index contained about 25 million pages. Now, it's in the trillions. When we started working on voice recognition, our algorithms couldn't always catch what you were saying, especially with an accent like mine. <laughs> now, we have an accuracy rate of more than 95%. That's as good as humans. <laughs> We're just getting started with helping you do more with what you see. Be it a photo from five years ago or something right in front of you. In time, we want to bring Lens everywhere, but super excited to bring a preview of Lens to Pixel users first. So you'll start to see this icon appear in Google Photos and soon Google Assistant. We just talked about how the phone can help you understand the world, but it can also help you place things into the world. That's right, that's augmented reality. We see it as a powerful way to bring the physical and the digital together. That's why we started working on AR Core, our augmented reality SDK for Android. And we see that developers are already using it to create some amazing experiences. I want to show you a few examples here. So let's take House. They're bringing the showroom into your living room using AR. With League of Legends, you can watch one of the most popular eSport games on an AR map built by Grab Games. And with Lego, my favorite, you can build virtual models with characters that really come to life. All the fun, no Lego pieces to step on. <laughs> <laughs> we at Google are also making some fun things, and our teams have been working hard to create this new experience. We call it AR Stickers. It's built right into the camera, and it's exclusive to Pixel. With AR stickers, you can express yourself with playful emojis, like these fun food characters here. There's lots to choose from, and more will be added over time. Our partners are also making some fun stickers here, and I want to show some of them to you right now. So let's start with the Netflix original, my favorite show, Stranger Things. Can't wait for season two. Ready to see it? Okay, time to set the mood. Lights, please. Okay, here's Leah using the Pixel camera. We're looking at the AR stickers. We're in the Stranger Things collection. Yes? Okay. Uh, so let's pick a character. Let's pick Demi Gorgon and place him right next to me. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> you need to have a cup of coffee, dude. <laughs> Notice how the creature's not just sitting around where you put it, right? It's not a dead sticker, it's moving, it's reacting to what's around it, it's alive. We really paid attention to the motion, the physics, the lighting. We want to make it feel like it's actually here. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> but let's have some fun. This is a great photo or video, by the way. Please. But let's have some fun here. Leah, can we drop 11 into this? 
All right. Okay, this is getting interesting. Now we have two characters in the scene. And notice how they're not just reacting to the environment around them, they're reacting to each other. Right? They know each other's presence. That's a big reaction. These interactions make some really interesting moments here. Wow. That was fun. Thank you, Leah. Now you can be the director of all kinds of stories and share, with, share these with your friends. You'll have more AR stickers to play with, your favorite characters from SNL, YouTube, the NBA, and just in time for episode eight, Star Wars. Ooh. I've been playing with these stickers, they're so easy to use, and they look great. And this is because the Pixel camera is specially calibrated for augmented reality. It allows robust tracking even in low light conditions. It also supports 60 frames per second rendering of AR content. You saw how the camera can help us do more with what we see with Google Lens. You saw how the camera can bridge the physical and digital with AR. But the Pixel camera also takes awesome photos. So to tell you all about it, we'll have Mario back on stage. Thanks, Aparna. We hear every day from users of the first Pixel phone that the camera is one of their favorite features. You can see why in the amazing photos that people post with the Team Pixel hashtag. Last year, Pixel received a DxO score of 89. That was the highest rating that DxO Mark had ever issued to a smartphone. With Pixel 2, we have reimagined smartphone photography through great hardware and unparalleled imaging software, tuned by our engineers and researchers. Today, we're proud to announce that DxO Mark has issued Pixel 2 an unprecedented score of 98. That's the highest score of any smartphone camera. Let's talk about how we achieve that. And it starts with great hardware. The Pixel 2 has a 12 megapixel f1.8 aperture rear camera with optical image stabilization. We've integrated these components with our HDR plus computational photography. For every photo, we take a burst of shots with short exposure times to avoid blowing out the highlights. We then align and combine each pixel algorithmically for optimal color and contrast. All of this happens instantly with zero shutter lag. The results are stunning with high dynamic range, even in challenging low light conditions. This year, we've increased the dynamic range and improved texture and sharpness. And combined with a new autofocus mechanism and optical image stabilization to reduce blur from shaky hands, you get amazing shots every time like this and this. Pixel 2 also brings you portrait mode. Uh, but we're implementing it a little bit differently. We're applying Google's unmatched computational photography and machine learning. Portrait mode lets you take professional looking shots with a blurred background to make the foreground pop, like what you might capture with an SLR camera. Other smartphones do this by combining the images from two cameras. Pixel 2 does portrait mode with just one camera and machine learning. What's unique about Pixel 2 is that it can generate a true depth map with a single lens, 
So you get beautiful portrait shots without needing a second camera. The way this works is that the Pixel 2 camera includes a dual pixel sensor technology. This means that each pixel in an image con contains a right and a left view. The difference in perspective from those pixels, combined with machine learning models trained on almost a million photos, means that this works on really hard cases, like a busy, colorful background. And yes, this does work with objects too. And there's more. Portrait mode doesn't just work on the main camera. Because of the quality of Google's computational photography with a single camera, you can also take portrait selfies through the front camera on both the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 2 XL. The Pixel 2 takes amazing videos too. We're applying optical image uh, sta stabilization simultaneously with video stabilization at the same time. Other smartphones do optical or digital, we do, uh, but don't do both at the same time. During video recording on a Pixel 2, the OIS hardware actively corrects shake artifacts, while at the same time, the software-based video stabilization uses intelligent frame look ahead to stabilize the overall video. We call this fused video stabilization, and it's another example of Google's hardware plus software plus AI working together. The result is less motion blur, even in low light, your videos look smooth and professional. The Pixel 2 camera also supports a feature called motion photos. The photos you take with your, uh, in, for the photos you take, your Pixel captures up to three seconds of video behind the scenes, removing uninteresting motion and applying our unique fused video stabilization technology to the result. But of course, the proof is in the photos and videos. So we invited some photographers and producers to test drive the new camera, and they were stunned by what they can do with the Pixel 2. Timmy McGurr, better known as 13th Witness on Instagram, and filmmaker Zach McTee documented a recent trip to New Orleans using just the Pixel 2. The film you're about to see uses no attachments, fancy rigs, or lighting. All of the video footage and stills were captured on Pixel 2 phones without any image enhancements or color corrections. And there's a ghost, ghost, ghost Living in my head And there's a hope, hope, hope Burning in my bed I'm young and wild I'm young and wild Again, each photo and video and what you just saw was shot using only Pixel 2 phones, no image enhancements or color corrections. Now, the Pixel 2's camera is simple enough 
and smart enough that your photos and videos can look just as good. So the Pixel 2's photo experience doesn't end when you take a photo or shoot a video. We want users to be able to easily find them and store them securely without having to worry about running out of storage. After all, simple storage and search is part of what makes us Google. So we're happy to announce that Pixel 2 users will continue to get free unlimited storage for all of the photos and videos they capture in the highest resolution, including 4K videos and motion photos. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Pixel users take twice as many photos as typical iPhone users and store an average of 23 gigabytes of photos and videos per year in Google's cloud. If you had to use iCloud, you'd reach your free limit in less than three months. With Pixel, you can safely and effortlessly store all of your memories for free. With your permission, Google Photos automatically tags and categorizes those thousands of photos and videos you'll take with your Pixel 2. You can search for photos of your friends, of a specific location, of dogs, all without the hassle of manually tagging or sorting. Finding your photo, the photo you're looking for, is our problem and not yours. We're delighted by what we've been able to achieve with Pixel 2 in terms of photography and are so excited by all the moments that you're going to capture. So to recap, the smart and simple Pixel 2 has everything you'd expect from a smartphone and some things you might not. A gorgeous display that brings your apps, photos, and videos to life. An all-day battery that charges super fast, plus water resistance and security features to keep your phone and your data safe. Easy, quick access to the Google Assistant, which understands you and gets smarter and more helpful all the time. Fun and useful ways to use your camera, like Google Lens and AR. And the best photography for many phone, for brilliant photos and smooth professional videos. We're also making it easier than ever to switch to Pixel. Most new Pixel users will be able to transfer their stuff from their old phone in less than 10 minutes, including all of your photos, apps, and even your iMessages. So let's talk about availability and pricing. Uh, Pixel 2, with its five-inch cinematic display, starts at $649 for the 64-gigabyte version. The Pixel 2 XL has a six-inch full-screen PO-LED display and starts at $849. Both phones will be available in six countries, Australia, Canada, Germany, India, the UK, and the US. In the US, we're teaming up with Verizon to bring you Pixel 2, and you can also buy it on the Google Store and through Project Fi. You can pre-order starting today. We're, we're also excited to make the Pixel 2 XL available in Italy, Singapore, and Spain later this year. And we have a new family of cases that make your Pixel truly yours. Pixel owners can customize a live case with a favorite photo, place, artwork, or one of, your, uh, one of our Google Earth designs. We're also launching a, ra a range of soft-knit fabric cases in four colors. And more than 250 Pixel 2 accessories from 25 popular brands will be av made available through our Made for Google program. Finally, to make sure you're getting the most out of your new phone and the Google Assistant, we're including a Google Home Mini with each purchase of a Pixel 2 and Pixel 2 XL for a limited time in Australia, Canada, Germany, the UK, and the US. So, so that's the new Pixel. 
the radically helpful smartphone that combines the best of Google hardware, software, and AI. We hope you'll love it as much as we do. As you've seen, we've spent the past year reimagining a simpler, more helpful smartphone experience. We've also been working on some new products to make your Pixel 2 experience even better. Let's start with the newly updated Google Daydream View, our virtual reality headset. We kept everything from last year that people loved, and we made it even better. To start, we have a new lineup of colors that complement this year's Made by Google family. We also upgraded the lenses and the fabrics, so the headset has our widest field of view yet and is super light and comfortable. Of course, what matters most in a VR headset is where it can take you. Last year, we launched with 25 apps and games, and now we have more than 250 high-quality VR titles. We've also seen that people love going places with VR videos, so we're excited to announce a slate of premium video content coming to Daydream, including multiple new original series on YouTube VR. And on Google Play Movies, you can experience new IMAX movies available for free to Pixel 2 owners. So you get to hang out with tigers, run alongside elephants, dive into the ocean with some sharks, <laughs> and blast into space. With Pixel 2's new front-firing stereo speakers, these movies sound as amazing as they look. And now, you can even cast the experience to the TV so your friends and family can see what you're seeing. The new Google Daydream View is the best mobile VR headset on the market and will be available for $99. Today, we're also announcing a smart new audio accessory that works perfectly with Pixel 2 our first pair of premium wireless headphones. 
They're called, they're called Google Pixel Buds. Our team designed Pixel Buds for great sound, delivering clear highs and deep bass. So whether it's jazz, house, or a symphony, it all sounds incredible. With Pixel Buds, controlling your music is super simple because all of the controls are built into the right earbud. You simply tap to start and stop your music or swipe forwards and backwards to change the volume. Now what's amazing is when you pair your Pixel Buds with your Pixel 2, you get instant access to the Google Assistant. We optimize the experience to be quick and easy. Just touch and hold the earbud and ask your assistant to play music, send a text, or give walking directions, all while keeping your phone in your pocket. It can also alert you to new notifications and read your messages. Pixel Buds work great with Pixel. They even give you access to a new real-time translation experience. It's an incredible application of Google Translate powered by machine learning that's like having a personal translator by your side. To show you how easy this experience is, I'd like to invite Isabel back on stage for a conversation in her native language, Swedish. So, Isabel is going to speak Swedish into her Pixel Buds, and I'll hear the English translation out of Pixel 2's front speakers. And then I'll respond in English, and she'll hear the Swedish translation in her Pixel Buds. To illustrate this today, you'll hear both sides of the conversation. Hej Isabel, how's it going? Hej Isabel, hur är läget? Helt okej, okay, tack. Absolutely okay, thank you. <laughs> What do you think of these cool new headphones? Vad tycker du om de här coola nya hörlurarna? Mitt team designade dem, så jag tycker de är ganska coola. My team designed them, so I think they're pretty cool. <laughs> All right. So while you're up here, what color should I get? Medan du är här, vilken färg ska jag välja? Hmm, jag tror ganska blå skulle passa dig. I think I'm not blue with you. All right. Eh, jag tror jag drar nu. Publiken vill nog se några fler nya grejer. I think I should go now. The audience would like to see some more new stuff. Thank you, Isabel. So with Pixel Buds, I can use real-time Google Translate to have a natural conversation in 40 languages. We're letting you connect with the world around you in a more natural way by rethinking how a headphone should work, connecting it to cloud-based machine learning, and giving you access with a touch of a finger. Google Pixel Buds come in a pocket-sized charging case that provide up to five hours of listening time with just one charge. And the case holds multiple charges, so you get up to 24 hours of listening time when you're on the go. Pixel Buds are available in clearly white, kind of blue, and just black <laughs> to beautifully complement your Pixel 2. And they'll be available in November for $159, and pre-orders begin today. We have one more product to show you. <laughs> It's about photography. Now, we all love photos. <laughs> a lot of our photos let us step back into a moment, 
with friends, with family. Some of our favorites are the candid ones, like this. They capture the essence of a moment. But the problem is, to get those photos, someone needs to be the photographer on duty, waiting to press the shutter button at just the right moment. And we were thinking, how do you capture those fleeting, spontaneous moments while letting yourself be part of the moment? So we've been working on that. And I'm really excited to share an entirely new type of camera that works with your Pixel. We call it Google Clips. And this first edition is specifically designed with parents and pet owners in mind. So you'll capture more of those spontaneous smiles, first steps, and first tricks. Now, Clips has all the things you would expect from a great camera. A high-performance lens, a powerful image sensor. It has a shutter button. But that's not what this camera is all about. We reimagined this camera from the inside out, starting with the software and applying machine learning to build a camera that takes photos for you so you can enjoy the moment and instantly get shots you couldn't get before. Thank you. How does all that work? It starts with an AI engine at the core of the camera. Let's talk about what that engine does. When you're behind a camera, you look for people you care about. You look for smiles. You look for that moment your dog starts chasing her tail. <laughs> Clips does all of that for you. Turn it on, and it captures the moment so you can be in the moment. And because the software is at the core of the camera, it's going to get smarter over time. We also reimagine what camera hardware should do for you. Clips is tiny. It weighs almost nothing. So you can easily toss it into your pocket. And it's a hands-free camera. So you can get these amazing new perspectives on your experience and get yourself in the shot by attaching clips to almost anything or setting it down. <laughs> now, from the beginning, we knew privacy and control really matter. And we've been thoughtful about this for Clips users, their family, and their friends. Let's start with the basics. It looks like a camera, and it has an indicator light, so everyone knows what the device does. Next, it looks for stable, clear shots of people you know, and you help the camera learn who's important to you. And finally, all the machine learning happens on the device itself. So just like any point-and-shoot, Nothing leaves your device until you decide to save and share it. This approach to designing and engineering clips required some significant technical breakthroughs to miniaturize the type of powerful machine learning that only a few years ago needed a supercomputer. Let's take a look at what clips actually captures. <laughs> so here's some clips I've captured with my family at home. Now, as you can see, it's not just photos that Clips is taking. It's taking little snippets that capture the whole moment. We call those, of course, Clips. <laughs> you can save them as a motion photo or choose any frame to save as a high-resolution still. It's like having my own photographer shooting and choosing the best moments for me. And I just have to swipe to save to Google Photos which can automatically make movies out of your clips in seconds. So that's the new Google Clips, 
a new type of camera that brings together the best of Google AI, software, and hardware to help people more easily capture genuine, candid moments of family, friends, and pets. Clips will be coming soon and selling for $249. Take a look at some of these great clips from our earliest users. Enjoy. Hello again, everyone. What you just saw in Pixel Buds and Clips blends AI with the best of Google software and high-performance hardware to create new, radically helpful experiences for users. This is our strategy for the Google hardware team, and you've seen it come to life in all of our new products. The two newest members of the Google Home family, the beautiful new Pixel phones, and our premium Pixelbook laptop. And of course, the Google Assistant is the primary way we bring AI to our users. Your personal Google is ready to get you the help you need when you need it. Talk to it, type, show it what you see, or just give your phone a squeeze. It's the simplest way to get things done, and it just works. So here it is. This year's Made by Google family. We've created them as a single set of products that are designed for you with familiar elements, from soft materials to curved lines and simple, stylish colors. They look great together, and they also work great together, and perfectly demonstrate our approach of reimagining hardware from the inside out. Thanks so much for joining us today. For you live stream viewers, take a closer look at our new products at our redesigned Google Store. For everyone here in SF Jazz, you'll get to see everything up close in our demo area outside. Thank you so much, and enjoy your day. Everybody, all right, we are back. We are grooving. I gotta say, those DJs 
we're hot. I was like, I was like, I was like doing all like the chest stuff and everything. So, uh, what we have here, guys and gals, Patrick Holland and myself are still in the house. Stephen Beecham is running the show. We're gonna take your calls. We're gonna let you talk about it. We're gonna talk about it with you. So many things to talk about. But let's just get to the number that you guys and gals can call. And we're sorry we had to drop the calls during the keynote. It just it was like two hours. So the phone number that you could call is one eight four four eight one one. 9561. The the calls can work uh, from either the US or Canada. We hooked it up that way uh, with our system right now. So if you guys and gals want to talk about everything that you saw that just dropped, uh, we will do that. But let's talk about Mr. Holland across from me. What, what was the... Well, there's a lot of things that we were super fired up about, but what stood out to you the most? You know what stood out to me the most was just how everything went together. Yeah. I mean... They had such unity in design, everything from that Google Home Max to the, oh, that Pixel Book. The Pixel Book looked amazing. And then the Pixel 2 with that, just the sweet, smooth, steady cam video. I didn't like the Google the Google Clips thing, but we'll talk the, about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah, we'll But there were so many things. I was just impressed how integrated everything was, how cohesive it was, how very Apple everything was in the presentation, but also just, I'm just excited about so many things. I think what, to me, well, there's a lot of things that I really liked, but I thought that the Google Home Max, the way that they presented it was way more exciting than how Apple presented it. Uh, the features that it has, the fact that it could lay, stand up, lay down, it is more expensive, but when you look at that thing from the size and the tech inside and the fact that the Google Assistant is better than Siri, it's a better product. Yeah, fact, you don't even have to use it. You can tell it's a better product. Clearly, right then, off the bat, and you can now it, it. It looks amazing too. I mean, I think yeah. the design is beautiful. But when he just did like, hey, what's that song that goes like? Yeah, the yeah. Bing, bow. yeah. it's like that's me <laughs> like every day. Song. That is like me every day for yeah. most of my life. Yeah. And now something's gonna someone's gonna be able to reply to me and actually play the music that my gibberish songs and mouths make. But I think that's just impressive the technology. But also the way they're presenting it, it's just very like consumer friendly. It's very fun. We're not getting kind of bogged down in specs. In fact, right at the beginning, um, one of the one of the Google execs just said, "You know what? All phones we're at like a hardware like stalemate. You know, it's everything's true. kind of like stagnant with that. And all that innovation is coming in Google Assistant, coming in their their Google Lens, and all these AI things that they've been working on for years in machine learning. It's so exciting. Yeah, I just you know there's there's subtle things that happen at this keynote where it's literally all driven by software and machine learning and Google, just, they just pepper these things. And you're like, Oh damn. And you're like, no one has this. And that's what, that's what gets us excited about tech. So the phone lines are completely filled. We go 10 that's deep. What like. So it. what we're going to do is we're going to spend the next half hour. Or so just grinding down through this, you know, some people, want to talk about what they love. Some people want to talk about what they don't like. Uh, this is all about you all. So let's start off. Um, I don't have the name here in our screener, but let's start off with our first call. I guess the number area code is a little 202. They want to talk about the... What's up? I think there's a video. Oh, there is? Hold on one second, guys. <laughs> guys and gals, give me a second. Hold on. Yes, the, there was. I, I was still bumping to that DJ I music. Say, yeah. Okay, is it gone now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, we have... It is? If you had that new Pixel Book, this wouldn't about? be happening. This is what I'm learning. Oh, here. That was another one. Pixelbook. Okay. Is it gone now? It's gone now. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, I, I'm watching the keynote. Okay. You're our buddy, Our buddy or our gal from the 202, uh, first caller in here that wanted to talk about the lack of information about, um, I'm not sure exactly about a service, but welcome to the show, CNET Live here. What's up? 
Hey, what's going on, Brian? This is Ray. What up, Ray? So, yeah, wanted to, just wanted to talk about the the lack of info on Google Fi, the uh, cellular mm. service that Google has attached to the Pixel. You know, like we've we've seen it obviously available, and they they've kind of catered towards Pixel users. I haven't. They typically don't talk about Google Fi at the keynotes, quite honestly, because they really try to make it a little bit more product focused. But yeah, we didn't we didn't hear anything. I I don't know what's what's the latest with it, quite honestly. But yeah, we didn't hear anything from it. Were you, were you looking to hear something specific? Yeah, just wanted to see if they if it was like any improvements on it because like right now I'm calling on the the old Pixel with Google Fi, and it's just. Um, this, the big seller about it was the fact that it switches between T-Mobile, U.S. Cellular, and Sprint Network and, and Wi-Fi that's open. So you can save a lot on your bill and all that. So beyond just the uh, the other major the other major thing would be obviously the, the free storage. But the Google Fi service is actually a game changer when you think about it, but they never really go too heavy into it. I think in a weird way, and this this sounds bad, but sometimes I think it it's not that they don't think that we're smart enough to get it, but sometimes when when they it might take the energy out of the room when they want to show like sexy eye candy and then talk about Google you know, that that that's would be probably their main reason for it. But yeah, you're absolutely right about the service. I mean, look at for example, look at what they did at the end of the keynote with Google Clips. That just sucked all the energy and excitement out of the room. That appeals to probably like one percent of its user base like i mean i'm not trying to hate on it It just wasn't something it didn't align with everything else that you're like yeah 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 and so i feel like if they did this whole five minute spiel about google five it might have some similar kind of let down feeling not that it's not a great product right so i i that's why i don't think that we might have seen as much in it but what do you think about the pixel 2 i mean you're a pixel owner so obviously you have an experience with the platform Oh, Ray Ray. Oh, no. Okay, well, it's okay. We I thought I thought it was I thought it was great. I mean, I think the Pixel 2 is a special phone again. Okay, we'll we'll have to see how the availability of it comes through. Verizon exclusive from what we have heard up to this point, but like you said, it's like it's I mean, it's very similar to how they rolled out the Pixel last year, but yeah, will this will they um actually have the phones to sell and uh and make an yeah, impression with that? But also, like, the features they have, like, it doesn't also make the last year's Pixel obsolete. Like, sometimes I feel mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. brands will go out of their way to show you this amazing new phone, and you're like, man, this iPhone 7, I guess this sucks now. Or That's a great Plus, right? point. That's a great point. I didn't get that vibe from Google. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're rolling out all the software into the new Pixel, other than, obviously, the advancements of the camera, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, what we're showing you footage right now is actually from, this is raw, like, on the fly, but this is live in the demo room of Google's event over at the SF Jazz Center. So while we talk about these things, we'll kind of cut in between. They're actually getting shots for our first looks, but we wanted to kind of at least, when they're using it, give you some shots of it inside the live room. We're going to keep on going through our phone lines. We're sorry about that, Ray, but we got nothing but love for you. Uh, we have another call here. Name is not identified, but we're coming to us from the 559, talking about the show just now. What's going on? Welcome to CNET Live. Yeah, hello. This is Alan. I'm calling from Barbados. What's up, Alan? Thanks for calling, right, man. Right. Great, great. <clears throat> yeah. So what I really liked about the show, those earphones or earpods or whatever they were, they were <laughs> really cool in terms of translation stuff. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, absolutely. 
And I think that that um, home match is a direct copy of Apple's, um, you know, the home stuff Apple have, which is kind of funny. You know, they had to come up. They once they said that they were there would be no actual headphone jack on this phone. It was clear to us that they had to have some sort of a solution. Quite honestly, we knew about it, but we can't always say everything like that. We unless it was leaked, we don't want to talk about. You know, we we knew about it before the keynote, but we didn't want to just spoil it for everyone because that's kind of fun. But man, to actually see that translation in action, I thought that was that was pretty special. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty special. Yeah, that, that was really that, cool. Is that a feature you would use? Um, yeah, it would. It's, you know, it makes traveling a lot easier when you go to foreign countries. I mean, it would be a feature that I would have to use just even with people that speak English sometimes. I mean, <laughs> I, that, it, they need to work on an English-to-English English translator for me sometimes. That's people like, are like, what are you saying, Tong? It's at least 10 years out, my friends. At least I know. We're working on it. But so. I liked it, and I thought that you were, you were noting that the price point was very similar to the AirPods as well, if not exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot more functionality, you know, actual functionality with multiple types of controls, the Google Assistant prompt, and translation that's that's pretty awesome so yeah. that that was a you know i know people are gonna say oh it has a wire on it so what <laughs> they're still wireless they yeah. don't look bad yeah they look good actually and i like that they, they have the colors that match the phones as well yeah yeah i like details like that matter yeah absolutely so hey alan thanks so much for calling we're gonna keep on cranking through the lines but we appreciate you all right no problem all right all the way from barbados man oh yeah we dig it. He's got that, his he's got his priorities right though. Calling in like that—that's what I would do if I was in Barbados. So a lot of people, um, if I don't get to your actual name, it's just because you didn't say it in our screening program. But that's okay. I'm gonna just kind of do the best I can to prompt you. Um, just let us know once we get to you. We're gonna take a call here. We'll see if I can get this. We're gonna take a call here from our friend from the seven one eight. Welcome to CNET Live. What's going on? Hello, guys. Who's this? Alex. What's up, Alex? What would you like to talk about today? Um, I think I'd like to talk about the Google Translate, how it turns out to be very useful, like not our days, I guess. Because I'm really excited about Google Buds because I like to travel a lot, and it just, in general, I really liked it a lot. Yeah. Was there anything else that stuck out to you in the keynote? That it was really um, stuck out to me that it was really, you know, useful in a way. How in the earbuds incorporating you know phone and you just you don't have to really look into the phone and then just you speak for you, so it was really nice and you know yeah. Are you a Pixel owner at all right now? No, I'm not a Pixel owner. I'm a Galaxy S owner, S8. So is that something that would encourage you to switch over? Um. Yes. Most likely. Yeah. Because it has the pure the. The thing that people, you know, we're so used to the the idea of it. It's a Pixel phone, but it's a pure Android experience. Pure Android. I can't understate how nice that is. Pure Android. Pure. All right, hey, th- yeah. thanks so much for calling us, Alex. We appreciate it. All right, we're going to keep on cranking through this. Uh, we're going to go here to our buddy, Gerald Evans. Just give it a second. Gerald, welcome to CNET Live. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Talk to us, man. What's what'd you like to see? Once again, the most amazing thing was the uh, the live Google Translate. But <laughs> I also had a question about YouTube Music. It said YouTube Music for twelve months. For a while, they were packaging 
uh, what, what uh, the Google Music service and the YouTube service into one? Do you know if that would include both of them? They didn't make that clear. So, you know, unfortunately, we just saw the keynote same time as you. We don't always have all the details, but did you catch anything about uh, they, that? They didn't mention it, but I know what he's referring to because before like, yes. you would get that, it'd be a package. And those. Actually, a, they didn't really publicize that very well even before, but I was, I'd be curious about that too. I think you would have to, but we don't know the details. We shouldn't speculate. Sorry. I hope. I hope so. Is it is it Jarrell or is it Gerald? I'm sorry. It's it's Jarrell, but see, no, you guys are supposed to have the secrets. <laughs> we we trust me. We had secrets before the keynote, but we couldn't talk about them. Like, if you wanted me to spoil about the Pixel Buds, we could have, but we were kind of told, hey, unless it gets leaked, don't talk about it. And look, don't you want surprises when you watch these keynotes? Like your favorite, sure your favorite thing was actually the translate from the Pixel Buds. If I told you that, you would you would still think it was cool, but just not as cool. So I'm looking out for you, Jarrell. I'm looking out for you, my man. <laughs> the, the secrets are out. The secrets are out. All right. Hey, thanks so much for calling. All right. Take it easy. All right. We will go and jump over here for a moment. Let's go check out. Um, and again, the number, the, the phone lines, you guys are beast. They keep on just filling up. Um Peach, if you can leave that phone line up, we will continue to answer calls for probably about the next 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, We are going to go to our friend over here in the 717 that wants to talk about, I believe, the Pixel Book. What's up? Welcome to CNET Live. Hey, it's it's an honor. (laughs) What's your (laughs) wait? Your name is it's an honor. It's an honor. What's up? He's a judge. An honor. (laughs) Your honor. I'm saying it's an honor. I. I thought uh, I thought you got my name. I said it in the screening process. But oh. uh, anyway, no, tell us your uh, name. My name's Zach. I... There you go, Zach Doland. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe it didn't catch that, but uh, yeah. Uh, no, I've a long time, long time watcher, first time caller. Yeah, baby. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Pixel Book. Let's talk about it. What did you What did you like? What did you maybe not like? Well, I love the design. I love that it charges with USB Type C, which is something that I've been looking for uh, in a laptop for a while without you know sacrificing power. But the problem is, is Zacto, Zach, are you there? No, where'd he go? Oh man, it looks like it looks like the call broke up. Um, let's talk about the Pixel Book for a quick second. Uh, loved everything feature-wise. Absolutely. On that, you know, quite honestly, the biggest, the thing that it comes down to that's the biggest obstacle is it's running a Chrome OS. And so you have to talk about support for full-fledged apps, right? They did show Adobe Lightroom, um, but there's going to, you're living in the Google ecosystem. It's I just need to, for the way that I use machines, there I, I do need some higher-end graphics applications. But for most people, that was, that was and $9.99 starting? Yeah, that's ridiculous. For and- a multifunction, pen, stylus-based, dude, you circle someone's face and it like pulls up information about them. I don't it's like know. A tablet hybrid too. Yeah, it's and a total convertible tablet hybrid. The coolest thing I thought I saw about that whole presentation was. Um, the pairing with your phone, being able to use the Wi-Fi from your phone on the, ta- Instantly, on the tablet right? and the 
the automatically. Combo. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Tethering. automatically. It's amazing. I mean, I've always wanted to do that. And it looked, riding the bus home. It looks sick. It looks yeah. so beautiful with the the back of that display. I mean, it looks obviously just like the phones, and which it, is the roaches, right? A kind is, of a continuity across the product ab- line. And that's right? what I was getting at earlier. Yeah. I, I didn't think that's so thoughtful, but it I. Just I was so scared about that price, and I'm like nine ninety nine is it's yeah. so right. It's so perfectly. Priced. We were talking maybe it's we were thinking twelve forty nine or higher yeah. when we were watching them. We're like nine ninety nine, and again, it's different levels. It whether you're starting with a core, it comes with the Intel Core i five or i seven uh, configuration. I think up to five twelve gigs of RAM, mm-hmm. up to or sorry storage or space storage. up to sixteen gigs of RAM. So this is not. A weak machine by any means, and I liked how they're integrating. You know, obviously, literally straddling the line between a a, a tablet and a laptop, mm-hmm. but like you know, bringing Snapchat on. That's going to definitely sway some users. I saw Instagram flash up there too during the presentation. But you're just like, yeah, that's smart. It's smart, and there are power users who are going to need like video and stuff like that, and ed- big editing tools. But something like Lightroom is not a very light tool as well, and that was shown on there. But man. That just it looks so good, and the use, and then there's the Pixelbook pen. Yes, wow. I the thing that I you know stuck out to us the most is, look, every company has their own direction of what they be, what they believe the laptop or whatever it is is going to be. We now have Microsoft who has killed it with the Surface. I see plenty of Surfaces in the wild being used professionally when I'm flying, you know, and traveling around. I mean, people are using that product a lot. Uh, we have Apple's philosophy of no touchscreen whatsoever no os to support it it apple came out with the touch bar guys like that's a it's a it's a mediocre interface at best everyone that uses it will, only will on, agree with you and only on its high-end laptop too yeah. you know, what we're looking at is we're seeing a laptop that's not it looks high-end but it's priced for more of an entry-level laptop but it has all the features you want it has that touchscreen it has the support of a, an amazing stylus made by wacom which is an amazing tablet company. And then on top of that, you have that Google Assistant on there. Yeah. I think is going to be a big, I mean, compared to Siri. Yes. And it doesn't seem like it's going to be sandbagged for, it. like, it's not going to be able to do things because it's on a tablet or on the, the Pixel book. I think a lot of people that don't care about an assistant on a machine, ha- most people that say, oh, I don't care about that, Siri is good enough. All I have to tell you is try using Google's Assistant. Just a little bit, and you'll instantly be able to be like, it's smarter, it's faster, it understands me better across the board. It's it's just really impressive. And we didn't even we didn't bring up a, a little quick mention. The actual Pixel Book Pen has the lowest latency out of any pen. So right now with the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil, they have a twenty millisecond latency. The Pixel Book Pen has a ten millisecond latency. Which is as close as pen to paper as you're going to get, and, and that's even faster than I think the Microsoft Surf, the Surface Pen, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So uh, I think the Surface Pen might be around twenty, also maybe and, a little higher if I recall. I have to look yeah. it up. We, but uh, but ten, yeah, that's but ridiculous. It just it really if you've stacked up Apple's flagship laptop versus all these other flagship laptops from companies, it feels like what their vision of and their innovation using the Touch Bar, it they. They're miss they're missing it. I I mean I don't know about you guys, but I am used to the idea of just touching screens now. And what it'll be funny. Give it maybe two three years, then Apple comes out with some sort of level of a touchscreen type laptop, which they've been so resistant to. But it's here already in multiple formations. We have the Lenovo Yoga line. Um, 
and Surface and Pixelbook now, and and plenty others. Well, this goes to show if you make it. You not only add that feature, but you do it well. And I think that's the other thing that, you know, it, we didn't always see Microsoft services. And it, it took didn't, them a while to figure it out. It didn't pass the coffee shop yeah, test. But yeah. now you go in a coffee shop and you see people on yeah. surfaces. And I think it's exciting because, you know, there's always been that little bit of a stigma around uh, like a Chromebook too, mm-hmm. right? That like, uh, it doesn't, it can't do all these things. But it just, they just show that you can and it looks nice and it's going to be a great experience. I'm excited to try it out. Yeah. I just, oh man, that. That was what I think for me that next to the uh, the translation was probably the most exciting part. Very cool. All right. Um, we're going to keep on taking a few more calls. I know that the lines are completely filled, so just stick with us. Uh, sometimes the names have popped up in our in our screener software, but we will bear with us. So let's go talk to our friend from the 571. Come on. Let's go, baby. It's taking a moment, so just bear with me. Okay. Hello there, Hello. welcome. Hello, we're here. Welcome to CNET Live. What's your name? My name is uh, Maxie Mills. All right. And what did you want to talk about? Fucking right in the pussy. What did he say? I'm not sure we want to repeat what he said. Oh, but I know. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's a very exciting idea, but maybe not for our uh, lovely live stream podcast. So. <laughs> I just realized it after it took a moment to process and understand. You, you, had, you had yourself a little bit of latency there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, 613. Welcome. What's your name? It's Carl. We're back. Oh, Carl. We are back. Yes, sir. Yes. You came back for and more, man. I'm sold. You are I'm sold. sold. On Yo, what? I've been waiting... On the the buds, first of all, and uh, just functionality of the the yo free storage, bro. I know like, it's cool. yep. like iPhone. I've been dying for the past couple months. Keep recharging my phone, <laughs> and, like re switching storage. Anyways, buds are amazing because I'm playing on traveling soon and having that translation all the time. Make it easy to approach girls too, bro. You need to do a video, <laughs> bro. Hold up, hold up, bro. I'll do a video, but there's gonna be a point in time where if your relationship advances with these ladies, you're gonna still be wearing those buds. You still gonna be wearing those buds, know, son? Man. If you know what I mean. That'd be a great video. Yo, maybe Google can invent something <laughs> and teach video. me how to. <laughs> <laughs> Teach you how you know. I mean, I'm just saying, you don't want to wear the buds if you know. I don't know, man. We'll see, pretty... we'll see. But I'm, I'm really impressed. Very cool. Very was impressed. there any other any other things that stuck out to you that you know might have surprised you or that you, um, that you liked as well? Everyone loves like, the buds I'm, in the translation. I actually have two two things. Yeah. I it, it, did they mention that you actually get a Google Mini with the phone if you pre-order? That's correct. For a limited time, you'll get a Google Mini for or, so a forty-nine dollar kind of throw-in with that as well. Yes, sir. Okay, because I'm in I'm I'm in Canada, so I don't know how that that works. So I believe I believe it's one of the countries right here called uh, "How to Pre-order the New Phones Now <laughs> and Get Your What Is It Called Google Mini Google Yeah the Google Home Mini." Yeah, I, I believe I th- I swear Canada was one of the countries that was part of it. Yeah, they had a long yeah, list of countries. Definitely okay. Australia, I think too. Yeah, so Germany. Um, Germany. And my and my and my second thing is, I'm still not convinced on the Google um, Pixel. On like the software is, I don't know. I'm kind of like a light gamer, so I'm like I want to have that power to push to have to be able to gain, especially Overwatch. But we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> You're like as long as you got Overwatch. 
I'm good. You're like, just get me, get me my Overwatch. (laughs) All right. Hey, Carl, thanks so much for calling again. All right. No problem. All right. Take it easy. Uh, We will jump over to our next caller. Let's try and talk to Philip. Philip Saunders, is that correct? No, it's Kenneth. Oh, it's you know what? I'm just gonna ignore this auto scream fake name stuff that it makes up. It's, yeah. I apologize. Welcome to the show. Oh no problem, no problem. Yeah, um, I was actually really impressed with with this press conference, and it's really interesting that on how Google is really starting to get the mind share of hey, you know, we're advancing technology <coughs> forward, and I really love the fact that uh, even you know with the Google Translate with the buds. They are really trying to compete with Apple on on a higher level and saying, hey, we can compete directly against you. And I honestly feel sorry for the other headset manufacturers, you know, even including Samsung, that now Google is taking an approach of saying, hey, you know, we're tired of you all bumbling our reputation for Mm -hmm. Android. And now finally we are taking over and we're going to do what Apple is doing to provide the consumer the best uh, experience. And, and and now with the pixel with the camera, oh my goodness, that for it to get that kind of rating is absolutely awesome. Yeah, I so, mean um, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, keep on going, sir. Keep on going. Yeah, and, 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 and the fact is is that, you know, with the with the keynote that, you know, it I feel that it, it is it was more exciting than what, what Apple presented and even with, you know, iPhone ten, it's gonna be interesting with those two phones really kind of competing against each other and what people are gonna actually gonna, you know, go for. Uh, but again, you know, with that with, with Google uh, presenting, hey, you know, pre order you get the mini uh, you know, the home mini, which is now starting to get people in the mindset of like, okay, well, let me talk to my, talk to my, you know, speaker, but then also it gives a way of Google really infiltrating the home to really start the home automation and really make that uh, a priority and, and, you know, within the mainstream. Yeah. You know, when uh, Google first released the home as a competitor to the Amazon Echo, what it really came down to at the beginning, and we all kind of foresaw this Amazon Echo has great relationships with all the third-party manufacturers. Uh, they also really opened up their API, so almost anyone could pretty much submit and make apps, and it started to build this great like kind of community around it. The Google Assistant and the technology behind it is smarter than the Amazon Echo platform, uh, but it was trailing behind. You know, Now you're starting to see all the support for more devices, uh, more smart home devices, and that we knew that gap was going to close but now, like you say, it's part of an ecosystem with the phone, with everything that you can do with it, to the Chromecast, to this and that. So using it to dial out from your actual phone number, uh, that that was something that was pretty cool. Like that just great. Knowing, knowing that that connection is there. So they're continuing to, to just kind of build and build. And to your point about the Pixel phone, look, I have nieces and nephews, and even they say that Google is cooler to them than Apple. Like, they know that Apple is, they like Apple, but they think that the Pixel is more exciting, and I don't indoctrinate them at all. I just, you know, they know that I love tech, but they're like, oh, let me, when we go on trips, bring your Pixel. We want to use your Pixel. And so I think that some of these little hooks and bells and whistles that they're showing us is changing that mind share. You're you're seeing it, and also, you know, with, we don't know how these are going to sell. Quite honestly, let's be real, right? The iPhone is going to sell more than the Pixel, but when Google decided to go, we're going to control our own software and hardware at the same time, much like Apple. This is going to enable us to do things we haven't done with our phones and make them special in our in our vision. 
that was a big deal. And I don't, I don't, I think they made the pixel, the original pixel. They were, they didn't necessarily care if it was a, a success in the market, but if it was a critical success, that was what was important, right? Yeah. Actually having a quality product that didn't bomb to the critics and users, whether or not it sold a lot of units initially. And I think the, going back to the presentation too, I think we saw a lot more discipline from Google because we've they've always had great ideas and some crazy products that have completely failed. <laughs> um, but then on the flip side, we saw there's a lot more refinement to what we saw in the products, a lot more thoughtfulness both in the design and carrying that over from one product to the other, but also just that integration. And so now we're sitting there looking at this not only as like a Google Home and a Google Assistant, but we're looking at a laptop. We're looking at phones. We're looking at earbuds. Even though I didn't like that Google Clips camera, it's still <laughs> integrated into their overall thing. Yeah. And I think that's actually a little more of a flashback of old Google, like of a couple of years ago. Like, hey, we got this cool thing, and we're going to throw it out there. It's like, no. Like, dude, no do that. one wants that. You did so good. You stayed on the track, and then you got that, off. They didn't need to do that at all. But so, um, yeah. that's what I think I'm excited about. Is we're just seeing a very mature Google step forward. And just own it, and just and yeah, that we had some, um, they threw some sand, threw some shaded apple oh, yeah, about features, times. features on both phones, yeah. not separating that, and that's fun and stuff. But yeah. on on the flip side, I think they don't, even though they are competing with Amazon, they're competing with Apple for a long time. They've been kind of competing with themselves just to be that disciplined, like concise company, and it was just so exciting to see that flow happen and all those products, man. I. Except for the clips that I, and I <laughs> we we'll, we'll poop we'll poop that. we'll poop on the clips. No, all no, day. and I, I'm I'm the I'd say I'm not trying to poop on the clips, but I'd say I'm excited to try all them out and yeah. just to see how they work together too. Yeah. So, Car- so uh, Philip, any any other things that you wanted to bring up before we let you go? Like, are you going to which product are you most likely looking to purchase out of what you saw today? Don't say Google Clips. Okay, so it's Kenneth. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Kenneth. Sorry. Yeah, it says Philip. <laughs> Kenneth, sorry. <laughs> Bad apple. Bad apple. <laughs> I'm such a loser. Well, actually, uh, I, I, I am a, a, an apple person. Yeah. Um, and I'm completely into the apple ecosystem. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the HomePod, but I also own a Google Home and then also an Amazon Echo. Yeah, and my baby. home was going off like during the whole keynote. <laughs> just be quiet. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I didn't realize they say okay Google so much, but um, but but the product I'm really interested in it, it is the the Max. Yeah, and it's really interesting that they're pricing it higher than uh, Apple's HomePod, and I'm because I'm a very like I love you know sound, I love music, just like how Dipple's talking about. I'm listening to music all the time. Yeah, and for me, I'm I get excited about well they're talking about the sound quality. Well, I got to hear it in person. And what I'm afraid of, though, is that if I'm going to hear it at a retail like Best Buy or whoever, I might not be able to get the best sound quality. I mean, it may be a good demonstration, but you know how those places, they don't really let you, you know, really play anything out loud the way that you want to. <laughs> uh, but it's going to be interesting on how, you know, I might go ahead and buy that product more than anything else. Yeah. Um, because even like with the, the laptop, the Pixelbook, well, I got an iPad Pro. And, uh, and the only issue with that, guy, I do everything on iPad Pro. Um, it does all my productivity. The only thing I can't do is develop on it. Mm-hmm. But the but the Pixelbook is good. But the challenge is, like you all said before, 
how are developers going to, you know, create apps for specifically for Chrome OS? And that is going to be a challenge uh, because using a mobile app, you know, because it connects to Google Play and whatnot, is going to require developers to rethink their apps so that it can be compatible with that device as well. Uh, but the good, but the Google Home Max, I'm I'm totally excited about that. Yeah, I, I mean. I was fired up about it right when we saw it and they started breaking it down. I'm like, this is, this is better than the home pod. This, I, I just, it's clearly better. So we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how it shakes out. Yeah. But I think it's kind of like buying a mattress too. Like you got to like just have it and live on a mattress for a while to really know. I mean, just like, that's why we got store. returns, baby. But yeah. And so, I mean, you have like, yeah, give me like a hundred, give me a two week, two week return, 15 day me, return no, policy, give, baby. Give me like a hundred night, like with my air, like the max and the AirPod, And I'll tell I'll you know, home pod, I'll let you know which one plays better. Yeah. All right, Kenneth, I got you this time, man, man. Uh, thank you so much for calling. Great talking. And, uh, Love your insight, and obviously we can tell you're a tech fan. You know you're in the different ecosystems, so that's really great. So we appreciate that, man. Yeah, cool. Oh, no problem. All right, uh, let's keep on going. We're gonna take. Uh, I guess we'll take like a few. We'll take three more calls. Sorry for everyone that uh, I I may not get to, but we will talk about. It. They're still checking out the Google Pixel on site. I looks like I have Daniel. Hopefully, uh, are you there from the five five nine? Yes, I'm here. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Seen It Live. What did you want to talk about today? I just wanted to talk to. Um, I just want to talk about the fact that um, the screen of the Pixel and the Pixel XL doesn't support HDR. I didn't hear them talking about HDR support. Since YouTube is supporting HDR, I'm surprised the their phones, which is the Pixel and the Pixel XL, is two is not supporting HDR. I'm just surprised. Yeah, they didn't say that. I haven't looked at the official specs. Uh, that would have probably been something they would have touted. People that are listening or can let us know. Um, but yeah, you're right. I didn't. I didn't see HDR at all. Yeah, I didn't hear him mention that. And that, that is like one of those little things that it's those little things, right? Like HDR, which I, I wouldn't say it's a little thing, but it's something that you're not going to buy. You're not going to go. I'm going to switch just for that. But it's nice to have it. And when you see a screen that has it, and you go back to a screen that doesn't. Oh man, what a difference! And it's it's interesting because the fo- the photograph the photo the camera I believe they did say it has built in HDR capture, right? Yeah, it's uh, so, like like the Pixel is it's always capturing HDR, correct? Or so, HDR plus, I think is what they call it. Correct. So although they didn't, what's interesting is although they didn't mention it, and again, sorry that we you know we just got out of the keynote. Maybe the it it to me if you have a camera that captures HDR these days, you want to screen that can display that as well. So right? I think what you're saying is I should buy the Pixel 2 to take the picture and then put it on my iPhone <laughs> X10 to look at the picture. That's the solution. Yes, there you go. <laughs> got to show love to all, got to show love to everyone. So sorry we couldn't get that straight answer at the moment, but uh, we appreciate you calling in, Daniel, all right? Okay, all right. Thank you. Thank Have you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you Bye. very much. Okay, let's take another one here. And another one. Look, I'm going to give some love back to Ray because... I think this is the Ray where the call dropped off. Ray, are you there, my man? Yeah, yeah, it's me. I'm back. He's yeah, back. Ray is so, back. Uh, Sweet baby Ray. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Pixel, you were asking, you were going to ask me if um, if I would buy the new Pixel. But I don't think it's enough of an upgrade from the first Pixel, to tell you the truth. I'll probably, uh, probably just end up buying the, the iPhone 10. I mean, I got an iPhone and a Pixel right now, so I'll probably just update my iPhone. You know what? That's a great point because what we what we talked about is the fact that pretty much all the software rolling out is going to 
be just fine on the Pixel. So you're not really losing those features other than the actual camera hardware. You know, you'll the and they you know what they didn't I don't believe they talked about the processor, but early rumors had said that they were using the same processor, I believe. Was the Snapdragon eight thirty five in yeah. there? It was eight thirty five, yeah. Right? Um there I think there were rumors <laughs> RAM, that it was yeah, it was using the same one. So that if that was the case, again, sorry, we don't have this all confirmed because we just got out of the keynote. Um, that would completely support your point of like, you know what, I'll just hold on for this Pixel and maybe wait for the next one. <coughs> Unless you really want the, you know, the bigger batter screen on the Pixel XL and you haven't been and you didn't get that. But feature wise, it's pretty bomb. Or you just don't want a headphone jack. I mean, that's like, yeah, time, <laughs> time to upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And I still keep my headphone jack. But yes, uh, I wanted to go into uh, Translate a little bit too, the Google Translate, because um, I use that a lot over this last year um the uh the pixel buds could you do the same thing with any wireless headsets besides just swipe when you said swipe did you mean could you use the translate feature with any other phone is that what you're trying to say just any other any any other set of wireless head headphones could you use the translate feature i mean it Exactly. Yeah, they, because like right now you can just pull up, you can pull out your phone and go into conversation mode and you just talk in English, say you're translating to Spanish and it'll automatically do that. It's been doing that for a year already. Mm-hmm. Correct. I, I from what I gather, they wouldn't have shown it off like that unless it was specific to the buds. Yeah, and I mean the, they, the way the way it was yeah. real time like. And the other thing that you notice she had the phone in her hand too just to indicate that you had it can't just be separated like that. But yeah, I I'm, that's a good question. I'm it is is it is it is a good question. Yeah, could you could you do it with any headphones? Yeah, I don't I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't we know what we real. know. We don't know what we don't know. So all right, Ray, thanks so much for calling, buddy. Appreciate it. we got you back. You yeah. know, when it drops like that, yeah. We got you back. So <laughs> all right, have a great day. Cool. Appreciate cool. it. You Thank too. you. Thank you. Okay, let's go with one um let's let's go with one more call. I think these are I think these are my boys. Calvin, Anthony, are y'all there? <laughs> Yes, sir. How's it going, man? Woo! <laughs> These are the brother brothers that like they 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 want to bite each other. I'm telling you guys, I don't know why you aren't doing a podcast yet. I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting actually, for. We're, we're, we're actually going to try one. We're going to try one out. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm serious, yeah, man. man. I got nothing but love for you guys. What do you guys want to talk about today? Thank you, man. You know what? Actually, I was going to touch on the Google Translate uh, as well as uh, as my man just said. Uh, wondering if you know you could use it with just those or some other headphones. But it looks like you guys just touched on that. <clears throat> but other than that, I was going to say the Google Home Max is, man, a lot more impressive. As you guys know, I'm, uh, we're Apple fans. But, man, that, that blows the little HomePod out of the water. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, you know, I, I was, although the HomePod is higher than I'd want, I was excited to try it. And when I saw that Google Home Max, I'm like, dude, that's the one to get. I, exactly. I, that's how I felt. And so now I'm wondering if, if Sonos is going to try to do because you know Sonos just added what Alexa into their products, and I love the way Sonos speakers sound. But it'd be interesting to see this go up against that, and what Sonos, are, you know, doing the future to try to incorporate, um, you know, assistance into their speakers as well. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, we'll we'll obviously what makes this all fun as all these companies are putting out their products that go head to head. We will, you know, we'll ma- we'll match them up, boys. Was that Calvin talking or was that Anthony talking? That was Calvin. Okay. Anthony's in the background listening right now. <laughs> oh, does, does Anthony want to say something or are you, are you just going to own this call? 
you know what? I'm on this call. He don't get to talk this time. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, hey, I understand that. I understand that. I work with Brian Tong. So. <laughs> One of us talks a lot. Nah, anyways, uh, that, that's cool. That's cool. Was there any other stuff that you liked? Uh, you know what? Um, wasn't I, I liked the Pixel book. The Pixel book was good. Anthony really liked the Pixel book. Um, the uh, the Pixel, the phone, I wasn't too impressed with. Um, but other than that, everything else was just kind of seems good. Do, you know what? Did Privacy you have a few concerns with some of it? This stuff. I mean, that's the I thing, right? That's what I meant to ask you. Specifically, yeah, the privacy thing. Yeah. So, so with the whole recognizing, um, like their doorbell and everything, and recognizing who comes up and stuff like that, does that does that require the Google accounts for you to store the information in those? Or so what's interesting is that Nest, right? Google owns Nest or Alphabet, artists formerly known as Google, <laughs> owns Nest. <Right. laughs> they released all those products, but that facial recognition is actually more built in with Nest. I just think that they've added whether you have a google phone or not but i think they've just added those hooks because it's google and nest together where maybe it pulls tighter from your actual contact list on your phone instead of just living on its own separate app a nest app with faces on it so i don't you know again we don't know exactly how it took but that that has to be they just kind of built that specific hook because they both are Run by the same parent company. Well, and that brings, I mean, the privacy thing is something they, they had a little throwaway moment earlier. It wasn't specifically with the Nest, but with the actual Pixel 2 phone. And uh, they're saying, oh, it will listen and you can basically kind of do, um, you hear the music and identify the song, but they were saying it does it all on device. And they emphasized, they said the P word, privacy. And I wish they had gotten more into that because I'm one because that's always been the concern with the Google stuff is hey they have everything about me they have my pictures they have now a camera that's filming me constantly they have my phone and now the, the Pixel Book and then um, you combine that with all the Nest products it is they have a lot of information about you there and and our good friends at Apple always tout it the other way where all that stuff's left on device the the way that's encrypted and stuff but that's something I would have liked to have heard. Google talk a bit more about, especially since uh, we're getting a lot of video and photos of our faces and our loved ones. Well, you know, and look at what their Google Lens platform can already do. And, yeah. you know, the, it's weird because with Google, right, you you choose to buy into their system no, almost knowing that they know more about me than almost any other company. Yeah, like, am I going to be able to, like, hold up and take a picture of you and have, like, your LinkedIn account pop up and, like, your biography, you will. your criminal record, you, you know, will. like... <laughs> uh, I already do, but still, that's like, I Ro- think that's that's insane because we are entering Minority Report in a bit like that future. And it's exciting when you saw it on the the Buddhist temple. That was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was really cool. But then you're sitting there like, man, am I going to just be able to hold up to like a picture of this house and be like, you don't want to live here. There was a murder here. It's like, well, okay, that's good to know. <laughs> um, you know like, <laughs> I will, I will, I will confess, um, I do have a jaywalking violation but it was actually for riding my bicycle on the freeway to go to the comic book store when i was in eighth grade (laughs) to retrieve my comics they didn't have an actual violation for us so they gave us a jaywalking one i lived to see the next day my parents were really mad that i did that but i did it i'm i'm a rebel yo i'm a rebel (laughs) google google has a long (laughs) rap sheet on you i bet yeah yeah so you know i it's to your point about the privacy thing I don't know how much they typically they like just drop two sentences in the keynote about like 
this is private or this is only on when blank, blank, blank. And then they just kind of leave it at that. And that's they, like they, they said that there was an indicator light. So, you know, it's on. But I mean, people can hack that. I'm sure you know, turn that <laughs> indicator light off. So, Kelvin, Kel- what phone are you on right now? Oh, right now I have the iPhone 7 Plus. So did so I'm going to upgrade to the 10. Oh, you're going to go 10, 10, 10. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, who wins out that pre-order pre-order contest. Like, I think it's going to be a beast. Yeah, oh, we didn't no, really talk no, about I that. I told I, Anthony if he gets his and I don't get mine, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> <laughs> well, then Anthony can take over. Then Anthony can call in, and you can be in the background. Exactly. <laughs> well, the question is, which, which color are you getting? Exactly. I'm going to get the uh, space whatever variation of black they try to <laughs> whatever the black color is whatever that whatever fun name they put on it so all right hey boys i uh, just want to say thanks for calling we appreciate it all right thank you all right cool take it easy we'll talk to you guys soon uh i think let's just wrap right. things up uh, here because we've got we've got actual wor- other work to do yeah we have to work and so we appreciate everyone that came to hang out with us i'm sorry we couldn't get out all the phone lines um but you guys and gals are awesome for hanging with us so remember you can stick with us on CNET.com. We will have other follow-ups, first looks, in-depth reviews, write-ups, opinion pieces. You name it, we got it. So, Videos. Yes. Patrick, <laughs> thanks for hanging, buddy. Hey, thanks for having Always me Always a pleasure, my man. Absolutely. Mr. Beecham running the show like a champ with all eight arms. Yeah. That's going to do it for this show. Uh, who knows? There might be another Apple event by the end of the year. There might. They haven't actually dropped the HomePod, but... They should be shaking in their boots after they saw that Google Home Max. They they just, it's just the way it is. So, all right. <laughs> we'll see you guys. Take care. Be safe. Peace. Later. Later.